Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Commander Clash podcast, where we talk all things Commander. And today we are talking about the new cards from Commander Masters in both the Slivers deck and also the Planeswalker deck. Uh, so, join with me today is Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive. How are you doing? I am doing good. Excited to talk about some uh, new magic cards. Bill Brewer's Kitchen, how are you doing? Pretty good. Just uh, love some slivers. Kind of questionable cards, but that's, yeah. <laughs> already, already giving a little preface. Uh, Tomer, Budget <laughs> Commander, how are you doing? I'm very excited to be here. I'm very upset that I missed the last recording because you all have some terrible takes on some <laughs> new precon cards. So I'm here to set the record straight a little bit. I'm very Tomer's excited. here to lay down the hammer. <laughs> and I'm your host, Richard. And today we're going to navigate all the new cards in the decks. Uh, but before we do that, uh, we have a sponsor. Today's show is brought to you by Card Conduit, the easiest way to sell your magic cards. Card Conduit lets you skip all the typing, time, and work associated with buy listing. Their curated service lets you send in as many cards as you want with buy list value of $1 or more, and you'll pay just a 5% service fee. You can also use their sorted service where you list and sort your cards and pay only 2%. You get a detailed report and fast payment once your order is processed. So you can head over to cardconduit.com slash mtggoldfish and get 10% off. So thank you, Card Conduit. And with that out of the way, let's jump straight into the goodies. My Actually, one of my first decks uh slivers and the og like kind of the og tribal where you didn't even need lords because they all just pumped each other uh but <laughs> they're the all face lords. card they're all lords the face card of the set is sliver grave mother so a five color sliver one of each color five mana value six six the legend rule doesn't apply to slivers you control. Each sliver card in your graveyard has Encore X, where X is its mana value, and the Grave Mother has Encore 5. Now, Encore is... Uh, so, if a card in your graveyard is Encore, you pay its cost, you exile it, you make a token copy for each opponent you have, so that would be three, if three people are still alive, and then those tokens must attack that opponent, if able. So you make three tokens, and then one one each goes to each opponent. But if they're tapped or whatever, you don't need to attack. Uh, then, then they sacrifice. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then at the end of that stuff, they they uh, they go away. Mm-hmm. How do we like our five color sliver? It's fine. Or our deck. <laughs> I mean, for so it's, in slivers, I think I would always play this card. I I actually, as I knew this podcast was coming up, I started to, like, count how many good slivers there were. And I think there's, like, maybe 25 slivers that I actively want in every sliver deck. But I probably want to play, like, 40 slivers in my sliver deck because you really get powered up for each sliver you play. So the more the better. So I don't think this is one of the, like, top 10 or even 20 slivers in existence. But I think it's in that range where I would play it in every every five-color sliver deck. It's good enough that this is, like, one of the, the staple levels. So I guess that's... A, like very good in any sliver deck. It's not, you're not going to play outside of slivers ever, I don't think. Maybe in some like tribal, tribal shenanigans. But in general, you're never going to play it in any other deck. But in slivers, I think I play it every time. So A for me, I guess. S and 99 though, right? So Well, I mean, so yeah. As far, if you're going to rank it against, there's five other five color legendary slivers. And I think this would be in the lower tier of of the five color legends. Like if you want to be most powerful, like the Cascade one is really busted or Sliver Overlord's really or busted. 
so I would, alone. yeah, I would probably, like, those I think are most optimal as your commander. I think this is okay as your commander, and I think it has some cool combo potential with, like, encoring back with a mana sliver. Like, if you encore one mana sliver, you get three of those. They tap for three mana, so then you can encore something, like, and have this huge, like, combo-y graveyard turn. So it does something unique that we haven't seen That's with other time. slivers. But in terms, uh, in terms of just raw power, like, I don't think it's the first sliver powerful or sliver overlord powerful. Like, I think those are the, like, clearly, like, right. strongest five-color slivers. Let's, let's go on our first tangent here. So as a commander of any sliver deck, <laughs> okay, let me, let me quickly go over what options we have, okay? We have Hive Lord, which is just slivers you control are indestructible. Boring. Simple. Legion, yeah. all other slivers get plus one plus one for each other sliver on the battlefield. It's so a coat like of a, arms. A coat of arms. Also yeah. kind of boring. Uh, but big. Uh, sliver but Pretty good with Encore. <laughs> uh, you can pay three mana to tutor up a sliver from your library and put it in your hand, and then three mana to gain control of target sliver. So a tutor and if you have a, an opponent who's playing slivers, just randomly get them. Uh, mm-hmm. Sliver Queen, reserveless card, very expensive. Uh, two mana, put a 1-1 one, one colorless sliver on the battlefield, token generator. And then first mm-hmm. sliver, uh, Cascade, it cascades. And then sliver spells, you have Cascade. Oh, cascade. Uh, so Overlord and first sliver are undoubtedly like the two strongest, right? Especially Overlord, because you just tutor whatever other thing you think is strong and you get it yeah i think and silver queen is also has a has a queen i think is up there right ceiling because you can there's a lot of combos of it like mano echoes for example uh generates colors mana for each uh creature that enters the battlefield that shares a creature type so if you have silver queen and like uh one other sliver i think it's it's mana free to activate the first time and then you make infinite colors mana and then you have like impact tremors or something you just win the game I mean, even without... So that, that's like a combo that people play outside of Sliver decks. But even, yeah. like, without the combo, like, making Slivers is what so you want. Good. Because they're not 1-1s, one right? They're, like, 4-4s four that do yeah. three things on ETB and can sack for value and et cetera, et cetera, right? So once you have your good yeah. Slivers out, all you need are just, like, dirtily Sliver tokens. Yeah. And, and this provides it. Uh, but, you know, I, I think those three make the top tier with Sliver Queen maybe lower than the others. And then... Sliver Legion is just like raw stats. Can't go wrong yeah. with that. And then Hive Lord is like whatever, indestructible. Uh, especially like in 2023, it's like mm. you're farewellable still. So I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I, <laughs> I think you undersell indestructible a little bit because like, okay, yes, the farewell does exist in the format, but like not every deck is running exile removal. And also it pairs up really well with other forms of uh, protection. So you can drop Hive Lord like like slivers, their most their biggest weakness is board wipes because they're all synergy pieces. So you need to have yeah. a critical mass of them, or else they're not very threatening. Um, they're not like very they're not like haymaker dot deck. Um, so board wipes are very effective against them because you have to place a lot of slivers on the battlefield. You have to put a lot of uh, your your hand your board state onto the battlefield, and it's vulnerable to board wipe. So that buys you a lot of protection. Like if you have indestructible things, now your opponents are digging for. The, the exile removal and that does buy you time to find you know your Teferi's protection your guardian of faith and stuff like that you want to pair it up or clever concealment you want to pair it up with additional protection but that kind of like keeps you in the running but yeah, grave but mother so you, i think is actually really fun and i think that's strong, like my fourth. right in the yeah, it's just, but i mean hive lord is just I, so this is boring it's just so boring why would you play hive lord <laughs> 
Why would you play command zone though, right? Hive Lord, no. Like same with Sliver well, Legion. Hive Lord it's is not a very that they're ninety nine command. It's not that they're bad right. cards. It's just like there's some really interesting Sliver five color legends. So I don't know why you'd pick one of the like. Oh, I'm a heroic intervention. Like that's a powerful effect. I'm glad it exists. I'll put it in my deck. But why wouldn't yeah. I want like a Maelstrom Wander in my command zone or like a Demonic Tutor every turn in my command zone when I, I'm like heroic intervention just isn't that fun. Or same with Sliver Legion. It's not bad. It's strong. Mm. It makes your slivers huge. But there's just like some really fun five color sliver commanders. So I don't know. For me, yeah. Legion and Hive Lord are the two that are just like boring. It's not that they're not powerful. They're just like not as interesting in the command zone for me. I, I would I just say all, all five existing ones would go in your sliver deck and be yes. one of the best slivers in your sliver As- deck. Assuming and budget is not a concern. Your commander would be skewed towards the earlier ones. Yeah, but I, I think you have to you have to also build towards your your uh, meta a little bit because like we've had metas in, in the recent past that are very board wipe heavy and most fun for me if I'm playing a sliver deck is just having my slivers exist when I untap you know so sometimes you gotta you gotta do what you gotta do you so I think that's like a meta tutor call. the hive lord <laughs> yeah but you, you place the overlord overlord and then it dies and then so you're you like well okay okay. I know. Okay, well, then you have a pre-con, I think, is actually undersold. I think this is uh, a graveyard-style commander that is is pretty interesting. Um, For example, if you entomb um, a Silver Legion, Silver Legion is one of the best encore targets uh, for this. Uh, If you entomb a a Silver Legion and you cast, uh, you encore it with... The Grave Mother um, is you're putting three court of arms onto the battlefield of haste. I think they're like seven sevens or something baseline or six sixes. And basically, with with each of them on the battlefield, it says each other sliver you have or each sliver gains plus three plus three. Uh, with uh, just having sliver legion and sliver grave mother on the battlefield, and then you have any other creatures, any other uh, slivers on the battlefield already, like just a couple other ones. Then they'll be like each other sliver has plus five plus or like. It goes ex- it goes by integers uh, multiples of three or whatever, but it's a, a lot of damage. It's a lot of damage. They get plus three plus three for each other sliver on the battlefield. So three if times. you have like five slivers, that means it's fifteen fifteens plus fifteen plus fifteens. They have haste. They smack everybody. Everybody dies. So there's a lot of really cool things. And there's like the harmonic sliver too. That like it's an ETB. It blows up. A, it's a disenchant effect. So if you encore that, you're getting like three disenchants on the battlefield. It's like blah 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 blah. Bing bing bing. Everything dies. It's it's a really good build around. I don't think it's the strongest, but it's very interesting, and I like it. Does a lot. does encore work with and the turn effects like Obika? Yes. Like can you sundial sun Obika yeah. sundial of the infinite? Those can keep your things. If you populate the tokens, uh, you keep the token copies. The originals will still die. Um, so there's there's cool things you can be building around but, with it. Um, that's cool things, that, Tomer. Give, that, give yeah. me a relative ranking though. So if you were to Four. do a. It's, it's in the bottom a tier. Commander, it would be top or bottom tier. I would put it. I would put it fourth. I'd or, probably go or unique, like totally different. I'd probably go count. like Overlord, uh, Silver Queen, or First Sliver. Uh, those are the top three, and yeah. then I'd probably put this as four. Yeah, I mean, I think four. I think I would agree with that. Uh, but I would also add, like, I think there's a pretty big drop between the top three and the bottom three for me, as far as how excited I am to have them as my commander. I think the top three are like S tier and then the bottom three are like B tier or something. I think another problem to to just consider or like just a, an idea to consider is that if you want to play Sliver deck, uh, you basically can only bring Silver Overlord to 
a high power table because that 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 commander is just incredibly powerful. It's like bringing like Narset Enlightened Master to a table. It's like you you won't be able to play it at like mid mid power tables or low power tables for sure. Um, and if you are, they're going to save all. They're going to sand back all their resources to make sure you don't play the game of Magic. Whereas Grave Mother is interesting enough and lo- lower powerful enough that it is more acceptable at like mid power tables. So I think that's so, also one attribute right, to consider. A, so know, its power is like being bad. <laughs> yeah, that is a little. No, 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 when we're saying, oh, the point, though. There's, there's no reason angels, to play this. Budget, why would I right? ever play? Why would I ever play Grave Mother over the, the absolute strongest sliver because thing it's ever? But like, you won't be able to run it, right? Like, I think Thomas has a point here because I wouldn't say the same about the first sliver because at least it's random what you cascade into but tutoring every turn is inherently ultra competitive and you're kind of playing it wrong if you don't go for the optimal line so people know that and that is very it also it's also boring like it kind of goes against the singleton nature of the format so I would say yeah the sliver overlord is probably you should probably not bring it to a casual deck, even though it might be technically the strongest. I still feel like you should probably choose the first sliver because Cascade is fun and it's random. Mm-hmm. Isn't it can the first sliver off. even more broken though? Like if the Maybe, concern is I don't want my deck to be too strong, like isn't the it first sliver just lines. as offensive in yeah. like casual play? Sure, but at least you don't tutor your combo. It's like Sissé. Like, Sisse is the same. You say, like, oh, you untap, you win the game, or you go easy on us, which both sucks for bo- for everybody, mm-hmm. except for the player, I guess. So okay, if I, I see I Sisse, I kill like, this, You just kill it, <laughs> right? And, like, yeah. they have to get to, like, seven mana to get value off of the first sliver, or eight mana to get value off sliver Overlord. But let's go back to well, Grave Mother. Okay. Yeah. Okay? It's... Encore is only for that turn, unless you do like end turn shenanigans, right? So it's it's kind of either a very scary value commander, right? So like Tomer said, if you get an ETB trigger uh, or sliver, you get three ETBs, and if you get a uh, a static sliver, you get three of that static for that turn, and then every sliver you cast gets like triple uh, activation of that static, depending on what it is. So it's kind of like crater hoof sliver. Uh, Tom was talking about casual. I don't know, like the 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 first time you entomb a sliver legion and then wreck the board, like everyone knows it's coming and they will murder you anytime you have any kind of reasonable board. So even for casual play, like that, once you show that line, like it's it's kind of scary, right? Uh, so it gives your sliver deck a combo kill potential, but I don't know, so does sliver overlord, <laughs> right? So it is. So I'm not sure it's that good, and it's expensive, and it needs setup, right? It, it needs you to have stuff in the graveyard. Like, if you're putting in Tomb in your Sliver deck, are you really doing the right thing? Like, you're kind of all in yeah. on, like, it, the graveyard, which you typically uh, aren't for Slivers, right? So to me, it's more of a get Wrathed and then get value, but, like, why am I getting Wrathed to begin with? Like Tomer said, you just never want to get Wrathed. I'd rather spend my time avoiding the wrath than planning for it. So I actually... Don't even know if I put this in my ninety nine. Well, there's there's a like, lot of uh, you could take it in. You could take the slivers in an angle that naturally they put themselves in the graveyard. Like one of my favorite cards then you uh, that them. is already. 
that that actually miss well like there's cycle there's a homing sliver for example each sliver card in each player's hand has sliver cycling three it's essentially giving all your slivers uh like survival of the fittest um so you have to discard a sliver to tutor up a sliver which you can then also discard so you could discard your your encore targets or like tutor up a good encore target and discard that too or like pyre of heroes uh it's like a tribal birthing pod um, you sacrifice a creature and then you search, you search your library for a creature card that shares a creature type uh, equal to that uh, creature with mana, uh, mana value uh, equal to one more. Um, so there's a lot of ways of like sacrificing your slivers yeah, while doing slivers value things. Well. And then that kind of also naturally uh, sets you up for the sliver grave mother. So you don't have to run like entomb and buried alive, which I agree is like you're going for a, if you're going for a thematic uh, creature deck, then maybe you want to stick to thematic ways of of enabling it but those are they are there and it gives a different spin to the the architect yeah give me give me a rank give me a rank (laughs) four is it is it one of the best (laughs) cards in your deck is it an okay card in your deck or are you looking to cut it i think it's one of the best cards it's an a for me it's i i would disagree with it being one of the best cards i think it's outside my top 10 or 20 slivers in a commander deck but i would never cut it so is that an A? Uh, okay, I, so that a I think that's, it'd be, a, that's a B. <laughs> is it a B? Yeah, put it like, up a B? I don't know if I'd say. I think it's a. So if you're playing slivers, you need like 45 slivers in your deck. I think this is probably is it a staple like in your sliver deck. I think this is probably in the top half. Like it's it's in the middle somewhere. For me, I think it's better than I would put it as A. Maybe that's stretching it, but I would put it as A. Like I think it's a good card. I just don't think it's one of the like 10 or 15 strongest slivers it's like just if outside it's, if that it's range like sliver number 11 or 16 that sounds decidedly you, you average to to is that a b <laughs> okay okay then maybe maybe it's a b then like that's how i view it it's like one of the like, like is it a top five sliver in your no or something no like it's not no, right? no. Well, the, how many you, know, you need to run like 10 sliver <laughs> you need to run at least like 15 slivers in your sliver deck right? well i mean like, so the problem is like the lords are good the mana slivers are like the best slivers in your deck for the other yeah. four color legends are better like yeah. there's a there's like even that's just 10 cards like i already named just in that sentence 10 cards that are better than this so there's no way i can put it in my top 10 it's like 20 ish which is still gonna make it's, every sliver deck like every single time i'm gonna have it in my deck but it's okay it's you're, not you're one, one of those new sliver precon away from getting cut right <laughs> they put like <laughs> five to ten more good slivers this is on uh, the cutting block, right? Like this is. I, uh, I mean, maybe, maybe yeah. you might need so twenty average, more good right? slivers. Okay, wait. Okay, Phil, where are we at? One of the best. I, I'll put it at upper B, but I'm in general. So my first sl- deck ever was slivers as a child, and then I tried them in Commander and was very disappointed. So I'm very skeptical to the whole idea of banking everything on your creature surviving. That kind of solves this, but only one shot. I don't like exiling my stuff. From the graveyard, I, so I would put so, it at B. <laughs> I personally wouldn't play this one. So I, I think wow. it is, I think Seth's wow. evaluation I is what it. I agree with. It's like in kind of like the bottom tier of slivers, and you can play it, but slivers wants critical mass, right? Like you want to get your good slivers out, and then you want to play like two mana one ones that like do eight million things. So the five mana six six like doesn't help that plan. And the encore thing is very situational. Like it's it's setting up for a big bursty turn, uh, so I don't really like that. Right. So I, I I would rather just build up the board, protect it, and then kill people without you know like you got to do a lot of cute things to make this work. Right. Like you got to get the sacking sliver out. You got to get the cycling sliver. You got to cycle it, 
and then you got to do the thing and then you got to one shot the table uh so it's it's like okay like it's just expensive and it does powerful things but mm. give me like the the mana slivers right <laughs> give me give me the if, if i wanted to finish a game like one sliver uh legion the, the coat of arms one is like enough right? mm-hmm. like, you don't need more like yes three is funny but like usually one is enough if you have enough slivers going so but if you don't have enough slivers this gives you reach like okay you wipe the board and i have a bunch of mana i play this and i encore sliver legion and i win yeah this is a nice like way to rebuild pace. after things go okay, here, after things here, go here's wrong. a way to lose the game though right your hand <laughs> is like your two good slivers overlord and first sliver because they're yeah. really good right yeah. And then, like, some mana, and then this thing. Like, you know, like, you can't have so many top-end sliver cards, right? Like, you need to have, you know, a, a mana curve, right? And of the top-end sliver cards, there are more powerful ones, right? So this is playable. It does really good things, right? There are situations where it'll crush the table and we'll win the game. But I think it's replaceable. Like, I, I think okay. if you give me a random five-mana sliver, I can replace this with it, and, like, I'm 99% as good. All right, I so, will accept the B for the sake of moving on. <laughs> yeah, we, we have many other cards. Let's Ooh, go. Yeah. Five-hour podcast. <laughs> Here we come. Yeah. <laughs> uh, backup commander. Backup commander. Okay, so the mm-hmm. the backup commander is uh, Ruka Rummel, biologist. Five mana, one mana, of, uh, one color of each, or one mana of each color. Three three. Uh, as it enters a battlefield, choose a creature type. Slivers you control and non-token creatures you control are the chosen type in addition to the other creature types. The same is true for creature spells you control and creature cards you own that aren't on the battlefield. Three mana tap, create a colorless sliver creature token. Right, I'm just going to drop this right here. And this is, what? Uh, this is Morophon 2.0, baby. You are taking <laughs> this outside of slivers. You are playing it in a lot of tribal decks and it's actually pretty good. I don't get the point of playing it. Isn't the tribal deck already playing all cards from the tribe? So I I would consider it a combo commander. Or I guess if you want to play Zubera. Uh, but it's arcane adaptation it, in your command zone because you yeah it is interesting colors. yes. So so but obviously that's... any arcane adaptation combos would would be interested in this right. But even sure. in a a tribal deck, any color deck you build, you need support cards. You need ramp. You need removal. You need utility. All those things. In 2023, a lot of those come on creatures, right? Toski is now literally a bird if this is your commander, right? Like, Sacred Tribe Elder triggers Kindred Discovery and, you know, all your all your shenanigans on the way down, right? They all, they all benefit from the lords and things like that. So there are a lot of support cards that you'll be playing that are just creatures that are typically off-theme, but it doesn't even matter because they're that strong. But now they trigger all your tribal things. So there, it's like everything is now tribal, tribal, Tomer. It's like really, oh. really strong, right? Like imagine Sacred Tribe Elder <laughs> if, triggered all your vampire things on the way in and on the way out. If I may. That's so cheating. As, as, as a person that's... who's played a Changeling deck for many, many years, I feel like if your cards, if you have if you have a whatever deck, you have a tribal deck and you want to splash your, like you have a bird deck and you want to splash your Tosky or whatever, and you have a lot of these payoff cards for birds. You have like a lot of bird bird lords and everything. And your Toski would benefit a lot more. It would get even better in your deck uh, to to run it to have have it become a bird. Then 
I still probably wouldn't pick Raccoon Morale because it's not even a bird commander. It's just, it, it helps a little bit. I don't know. I think, I, I think it's, this looks like a combo commander to me. And I feel like if you're like leaning on it a lot to be an arcane adaptation, then you're probably going to be really sad when your five mana commander doesn't have any protection, just dies. And then suddenly like half your deck is no longer that good because like you can only cast this like once or twice i well, don't you know build your deck to keep your commander alive I... if your commander is critical <laughs> yeah, but to then your deck then if, you're <laughs> gonna, if you're gonna build around to make your commander keep your commander alive you gotta you gotta have a combo you gotta have something like if your commander is that important for it to for your deck to function then I mean, uh... people play morphon <laughs> right? but, but is, would you play morphon morphon <laughs> gives you mana reduction yes right? but uh, but people this one turns on the rest of your tribe that Morphon though, Morphon's not a good at commander. I'll say it because I've I've played him before. I switched to Ur Dragon. Um, he's I not mean, very good because he costs six. Well, and the thing about Morphon is you play it because your tribe doesn't have a commander, right? Like that's its primary purpose. Oh. People don't normally play like Morphon vampires or Morphon elves because you have a million sure. vampire yeah. commander and elf commanders. So I I think I mostly agree with Tomer. Like I like yes, I'm glad there's another Morphon option if you want to play badgers and there's no badger legend and now you have like a badger. That's cool that there's more than just Morphon, but I'm not. I'm not super high on the, like, oh, I'm going to play this and, like, turn my Sakura tribe elder into a tribe member or something. Like, I, I don't know. So now, now you can play badgers. They're green. So then you can play Sakura <laughs> tribe elder, wood elves, and all that. And your your badger deck just got a lot stronger. And you're playing all the badgers you can anyway. You it's, know, but you still so, have all these uh, utility creatures you got to put in. So, so, so there is fine. There is fine. <laughs> but, but a lot of... A lot of tribes have a commander now, right? Like, we're getting, as Wizards prints more and more legends, like, less and less tribes need these kind of cards because you get an actual tribe member. (laughs) Remember the werewolf legends and stuff? Like, maybe this actually beats some dedicated legends. But 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 you can't do that. You can't do No, no, that scarecrows with changelings, Richard. No, you can't. You can't play a tribe that has Tovar and be like, oh, I'm more of fun. (laughs) Why you guys got a gate? How about people want to play tribal decks that are actually functional? I think. Oh, you can't play ramp. Sorry, your ramping growth is not a vampire. Your deck will not function and you will like it. You know why people are complaining, Richard. <laughs> so uh badgers actually have green sleeves and if you sacrifice your sakura tribe elder you will get a badger out of it so maybe wow. that's not the best <laughs> so phil already has but, the badger tech but, he's already but, he's already have the deck already realistic <laughs> this card yeah, I, goes I, I outside of think slivers, it's cool right it, and it, this card hilariously does it only goes job outside it only goes outside of slivers i would never yeah, you, play yeah. this in slivers and uh, not well, at could, all you, you could, could but like you shouldn't. A, like, <laughs> like you could splash like, like you could splash like a, a one other tribe, for example. Like if you're going Grave Mother, for example, you want to have like a sacrifice graveyard themed sliver deck. Maybe you pair up a couple zombies that are really good with that theme, for example. But, but like, then like again, don't, I don't. They want... do nothing unless this exact yes, one card in your ninety nine is on the battlefield, and if it that's dies, then your deck is horrible. Yeah, that's exactly. The... Like, that's the I want to win the game if I'm going to put this as my commander. So this is bad in slivers, right? It's a C yeah. in slivers. Oh, it's a C that's, in slivers. It's so, a C in so slivers. Are you, are you guys not agreeing that you play this outside of slivers? Yeah. It's either of S or a C here. Like, I think I, it's a combo deck. It's, I just think, don't think it's an S. I think it's very good in combo decks, like Mascot Nexus decks. So, but so remember Mascot what Nexus S means in this new tier, cheaper. right? This was in the context yeah. of slivers. And if you're going outside of slivers, you are... 
and you know some reasonable amount of time you are now a format staple right it'd be the low end of s right yes. but so based so on yeah, our criteria s. i would say it's an s like it by Re- definition will show up outside of slivers that doesn't mean it's possible or something deck? but <laughs> are you taking apart your bird deck and making this your new commander like that's that's going to be the, oh, the main yeah. criteria here no but i can list skeletons this Maybe actually is the thing that makes skeletons. Like, there are plenty of tribes with mediocre commanders to no commanders. And I think this is better than Morphon. Definitely. It depends Mor- on the, the colors you play, too, right? If you're playing, like, green, half your utility things are on creatures. So it's actually really good. If you're playing, like, blue, maybe not so much, right? But, like, black, like, crypt gas, things like that. Like, they all turn this on. So I think this is better than Morphon in I think most Morphon's- cases. I think Morphon's a lot better because it doesn't it doesn't trap you into running a bunch of cards that are essentially useless if your commander's not on the battlefield. Like Morphon, they're, just, they're not useless, uh, Tomer. Like is Sacker Tribe Elder useless? Like no, they obviously like, don't play like tribal tribal synergy cards and hope to glue this all together, right? But there are utility creatures like your your Weathered Wayfinder, your you know your your uh, Esper Sentinel. Like you're playing these cards yeah. just for their raw abilities, and then now they just happen to be on theme. And get even better, right? Do you, if play you have this a lot of payoffs trouble? to make it? But no, I'm not running this in trouble. Yeah. Trouble. Okay. You would say uh, dragon, okay. probably, right? Let's let's get on to some yeah. proper slivers. Sliver, uh, hatchery sliver. It's a two mana green sliver. It's a two two with replicate two, and then each sliver spell you cast has replicate. The replicate cost is equal to its mana cost. So, uh, as you cast a spell, you can pay its replicate cost, and then for each time you pay it, you get uh, an additional copy. Of that, uh, of that sliver, a a. This is like this has got to be yeah. one of the best slivers. Right? It's an easy <laughs> a, awesome. yeah. This is like the straight up like maybe best card, right? Uh, because you yep. know if you have mana dorks, like there are two drops, you just you have six mana, you pay six mana, you get like three mana dorks now, right? Hey, uh, wait yep. a second. If you have the five mana mask with Nexus Commander and this, can you just cast infinite Ornithopters just as you wish? Like, is the yes. replicate zero? Spelling cast has replicate. The yeah. cast cost is equal to its mana cost. Yes. Yeah. If you have that's a actually pretty creature, sweet. That's a sliver. So any huh. zero mana creature, yeah. you can cast infinite hmm. creatures. Uh, that's yeah. why I was I saying, mean, I think it's a pretty a good very good combo, combo commander. commander. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're never cutting this in slivers, right? You play this no. every time, and it's going to be very good. Yeah, especially with the massive sliver and stuff. Yeah, and also it works very well with the Grave Mother too because Grave Mother makes Encore tokens. So if you are going to be leaning into a like Sliver token style deck, then Hatchery Sliver is another one that you want to be tutoring up pretty reliably. It's just a really good mana sink. It makes all your Slivers better if you have extra mana. But then you can do stuff with the tokens as well, like populate them and whatnot. So very cool. All right. Uh, next Sliver is Capricious Sliver. Four mana, three, three. It's red. Sliver's... Uh, you control have whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player, exile the top card of your library. You may play that card this turn. Uh, that's a B for me. Not as high <laughs> as the replicate one for me. I would ring it behind the replicate one. I still think I would often play it. I don't know. Maybe high B, low A, somewhere in that range. I, I think it would often show up. Turn. That would make because it much better. Because slivers, a lot of times, have haste, and you're incentivized to, like, 
tap out pre-combat to make a big board in attack since you have haste, and then you're probably not going to have mana post-combat, and all those cards are just going to get exiled, and it's not like you can even say no, so you're going to exile, like, ten cards, and they just go away forever, so... So I think the it plays worse than you think because it only lasts for one turn, like Tomer says. But you I still think access. it's good. Yeah, and since you are in slivers, you also have access to like Synapse Sliver, for example, which is also in the precon. It's five mana, but you just straight up draw a card, and then you could run stuff like Kindred Discovery and whatnot to draw cards more efficiently than this. Yeah, dormant I just, Sliver. I just wish it wasn't until end of turn. Yeah, yeah. It's like I wish it would say. Sliver. You may cast them every turn you attack with the sliver. I think that would be or that damage with the sliver. That would so be fine. Average, They're just exiling cards. Yes, yeah. it's well, average. Is it very good? Or is it a- are you excited about this? You like no, it's it's okay. okay. All right, that sounds that sounds averagey to me. Uh, Lazatep like sliver four mana four four. It's the black sliver. Slivers you control have afflict two. Whenever a non-token sliver you control dies, amass slivers two. And then remember, Afflict is when a creature with Afflict becomes blocked. Defending player loses to life. And then... So Afflict uh, is meaningless. I had to ask our editor. So if you if you have like Lord of the Rings cards, so your your army is an orc army. And then if you amass, you just add tokens on top of that. And now it's a sliver orc army. Uh, well, yeah, if you, yeah, if, if you have an... If you have a mass orcs... Uh, if you have an amass orc army then you will just put the counters on top of it and, and add the creature yeah, you, you always just have one army thing yeah. so regardless of the type of it but then for for the sliver deck you're just stacking plus one plus one counters on one uh, army sliver so yeah. i'm curious uh, like this card reads not great but it is technically wrath protection to some yes. extent right like if you get hit by a wrath you're going to amass presumably like a 10 10 a 20 20 sliver most likely is that enough to make it a staple yep. like does that do about enough afflict, afflict i think <laughs> is, is actually a flavor text this? afflict i think is one of the most meaningless about like slivers okay. are going to be unblockable your you're going to be triple you're gonna afflict be, is lethal but the thing right. is you're gonna your slivers if you're playing your deck right are gonna have flying they're gonna have unblockable like your slivers getting blocked is not something you want to be happening if you're building a decent sliver deck so i don't think you're like expecting to be blocked very often like your deck is going to be built to avoid being blocked so I don't think you're going to trigger Afflict all that often. If it was, like, I agree it's not a very good form of evasion or whatever, but it's not nothing. Like, like sometimes you just won't have the better evasion options. And then this is like, well, I can swing at you t- for lethal, but you have, like, three blockers or whatever. Well, now I swing at you for lethal and you can't avoid it. Like, those those type of situations. And I do like that is, like, I think primarily its main appeal is wrath protection. It's not the best wrath protection, but it's there. And then... Uh, having a, some afflict extra damage as well like it does both things kind of medium but putting them both together on a card is actually pretty decent like i like this, it this is like the worst wrath protection ever though because slivers yeah. is not typically a go big deck like you want five one ones not one five five sliver right that's so, fine though right like after so you if you had five one ones one, you get a ten ten it's no no it's no, 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 no. You, after the wrath <laughs> like after the wrath you want the five one ones right oh, oh if you right, have like right, a t- right. if you have like if you somebody wraths the board and you have a ten ten that's usually enough that it might be enough to just like chunk them down afterwards like it's, not, I don't it's know. just it's, we like it it's b ish no 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 not very good it, it's like a low b very high c like i could i could see cutting it but like generally speaking 
I don't know. It would be my 15th sliver or something. To me, it's like the most average card ever. Like, it does something, right? But you can replace it with, like, any other reasonable card, and, like, you're just as good. I imagine (laughs) Phil puts this as a D because it doesn't draw cards or ramp. Yeah, I put this... I actually... So, I feel like when the artwork was created, it's... They planned that it had Embalm or Eternalize for every sliver. (laughs) And then it didn't work with the commander because that also exiles slivers. But at least they stay. Mm -hmm. And that's why I don't like this. (laughs) I I just feel like when when it got spoiled, I thought like like the artwork came out before the actual card was spoiled. And I thought like, oh, they actually chose two very mediocre keywords there in Afflict and Amass. Cool that it's two, but Embalm or Eternalize would have been way better. If it, was, if it was, if it counted tokens as well, I think this card would be pretty hot with the commander, actually. Yeah. Like, imagine you Encore, True. and then they sacrifice, and then you True. make a 6-6 six, yeah. six as a bonus at the end. Like, that would be super sweet. But Good not point. counting I, tokens, kind of, oh. I mean, I think this is, like Tomer said, I'm in the, like, C to low B range, like, somewhere in there. I don't think you can go above B. I would I would be very against it being above B. Yeah. Like Sud said, there's so many uh, better anthems for slivers that, like, yeah, it's on the low end. It's also a four drop. Like, Regal sliver, the, the white one. Four mana, three, three, creatures you control of. When this oh. creature ETB, slivers you control get plus one, plus one until end of turn. If you're not the monarch, otherwise become the monarch. This hey, card's absurd, like right? This like, isn't this so card, bad. like, super... Bu- you have five slivers, you play a single 1-1 one, one sliver, they all trigger, and your team gets plus 5, plus 5, then you play something this else, is... and they get a... Like, this is just, like, the end-of-game cool. sliver, right? Like, <laughs> wait, this wait, wait, is... Wait, wait. Am I missing this? I feel like get plus 1, plus 1. Yeah, so you play a sliver, all the creatures get... All your slivers get plus 1, plus 1 until... No, no, no. Unless you're like... Sliver creatures... Oh, so it's yeah, only it's every sliver, sliver is, is plus 1, plus 1. Entered. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. When this creature enters, so I mean, I still think it's good. Is plus one. I think this card's really, really good. <laughs> like, not as good as I thought. I thought it was like busted, yeah. but no, it's still like no. that's an A, right? You would still play this in like all your sliver decks. I can't see myself cutting this one. And, and plus, it's you- very good with encore too, because like you encore, all your slivers either get plus two plus two and you get the monarchy, or they all get plus three plus three. It's also cute with the Sliver Queen synergies because it doesn't say non-token, right? So you can just, like, Sliver Queen to pump your team and all those infinite combos. You actually win now instead of just, like, making infinite colorless mana. So it's an A. Richard doesn't like it. Richard's you don't like I, it. I think it's I think it's like a B. Well, I'll, I'll give you guys a. It just draws a card, okay? Like, that pump what? effect is kind of medium. Like, it's not that crazy because it's just the, the flat. But you get to draw a card, right? Because you get the monarchy... And then you're going to draw because no one can attack you, right? So initially, the also, very first time, you get the card, you and just then get you now have every time. Monarchy, You also just right? get it back, yeah. You just play another yeah. sliver. You don't even yeah. have to deal damage to the monarchy. Yeah. But how much okay. mana is it? You're just always the monarch. Four. Four. Actually, yeah, you're just always the monarch. So, okay. so if I wreck an arena on a body, and then like some very mild pump effect, okay, I, th- I think A's. I think A's. Mild. A's I think giving all your things, like, put, like you play three slivers on it you encore one so you put give, give everything plus three plus three like that's solid. Tom is all about okay yeah, Tom is all about the encore like an encore here i'm sorry my i'm sorry our commander I mean, for the pre-con is really, an encore command really though like slivers are good at playing a lot of slivers that's kind of the point they all make mana they all yeah. do this thing so playing a few in a turn is unrealistic even outside of encoring shenanigans uh it's not like okay. a catharsis crusade but it's very good blue sliver taunting sliver four mana three three 
Slivers you control, when this creature enters a battlefield, goad target creature and opponent controls. So it forces that creature to attack, but that uh, that that can't be you. It has to be a, a non-you person they're being that's being attacked. Uh, I- okay, goad. <laughs> a. C. <laughs> it gives you like a. pseudo C. evasion. <laughs> Oh, maybe 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 the rest like of the clash members maybe the rest of the clash members aren't uh, aware of being attacked. But uh, as someone who is often arch enemy <laughs> at tables, it's really nice to force people to attack each other instead. It also clears the way for for future attacks too. I really like this card a lot. Repeatable uh, goat is like so nice. Yeah, I do like goat. I don't feel uh, like slippers understands. I don't feel yep. like slivers interact with Goad in a particularly powerful manner. Like, they don't have a theme that involves Goad. It's not like you're trying to mess with combat. To me, this feels like a filler sliver. Like, if I'm worried about getting attacked, I'm just going to play, like, a sliver legion. All my stuff's 20-20, so come at me, bro, if you want to. Like, I'm not going to try to, oh, Goad you. Like, no, I'll just play, like, big slivers that you can't get through. <laughs> Okay, I'd rather have layers of defense so people aren't going to collude at the table to be like, all right, we can take out his Sliver Legion and now he's he's uh, vulnerable to an Alpha Strike. Go, 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 go. No, 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 my friend. Goat says, no, 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 no. You attack each other. It's great. And also, like, if there's small utility creatures, they're going to fly into blockers. That's awesome, too. If somebody just presents lethal and you know you're just going to die next turn, you can just be like, this is guaranteed. They're not attacking me next turn. It's wonderful. Phil, where, where do you say we're at an A I, and a C? I do like <laughs> really at? like gold actually. C. It is very good with Encore if you have three ETBs, so nobody will attack you. Why do all of them cost four mana? I just had to check. Why isn't one of them I the the, the, the green two drop? Perfect. But please give us a three mana sliver. They have all been four mana. So it will yeah. get kind of clunky on the four drop curve, but I do it's really like so, gold. You're, you're I don't an A? Like dying. I guess I'm very low A. I wouldn't probably wouldn't cut this. I think it plays better in most situations than you would expect. Okay. I wouldn't well, knock. We uh, will have to split the difference because I'm with Seth. Sure. This is a hard C. <laughs> because like wow. The, oh, wow. the attributes C. of your so like in a in a vacuum, goat is not that bad, right? But the attributes of your deck make this horrendous, right? So with slivers, you are mostly unblockable. <laughs> Right, so the fact that you're clearing blockers doesn't matter as much because either they're flying, trample, too big, or or whatever. They even have a flicked, right? And then typically, <laughs> you are the biggest, beefiest, go widest thing on the board, right? So uh-huh. you have the most blockers, the best blockers. No one really wants to attack you unless they're murdering you outright. So the but fact that you like deflect attacks away from you from. is like kind of eh, right? And it's a four no, mana three three. No it's way. so expensive. But doesn't that like mean gold is removed? You just keep means- playing slivers, and your your opponents are forced to attack. They're not even not attacking you. They're forced to attack oh, no, each other. No. They're dealing extra damage for your behalf, and they're tapping themselves down so you can continue the beat down. I don't know. I, I mean, think you guys are underselling goat a lot. It's okay. I mean, that's okay. That's why we put it at B, right? We yeah. <laughs> we have two <laughs> different opinions. That's fair. <laughs> and we, we split the difference, right? Yeah. Like you, you like this? Like you're like this is anti. Yes. As someone who gets anti-proactive uh, strategy, I right? Like, like you know, you're you're like actively not winning the game by goading people. You know, Phil has. Uh, we were at Barcelona recently, and this card's a little bit different because it stops blocking. But Battle of the Ramparts, Phil played, I believe, two times. I've seen it Tom at Barcelona, and both times it's just like all your opponents are goaded and they can't block this turn. And like the can't block this turn is very nice, but the goad was much more impactful because it was just like. 
Phil was a person I wanted to attack, but guess what? I have to kill each other. We have to kill. Literally, we literally just went around killing each other instead. It was wonderful. In a control deck, that's great. But like, you are was, the biggest no, control deck. You have lifelink, vigilance, no, no, no. like he death was playing touch. Rockerick. You have eight yep. million creatures. Like I don't know. I mean, and this and, and, and there's a huge there's a huge difference between like I play a sliver, a sliver and goad a thing. And I go then to our entire board and none of you can block. Like, there's that double strike spell that gives everything double strike and goads it. Like, yeah. that just closes out games. So I think, like, there, I'm not underselling goad. I just don't think Slivers is a tribe that really benefits from goad as much as other decks would. What if your commander has Encore and it puts three Slivers onto the battlefield <laughs> so you go through things? I am so, I'm so torn. On one hand, I have Richard arguing for a flick. On the other, there's Tomer arguing for Encore. I, I don't know what to, I don't know These what to These cards are made now. for the face like, command. Unblockable. I'm like, my it's birds almost already like they were don't made need for that. The <laughs> yeah, but we decided we wish. wouldn't normally play the precon commander and we well, played better one. Well, this is one. why you're all wrong. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we got we got we got Titan of Lajara. Okay. Yes. It's hey. a six mana six six. As it ETBs, choose a creature type. It's a creature type illusion, so it's not a sliver. And then Titan enters as the chosen type in addition to its other types. Whenever it ETBs or attacks, you may draw a card for each other creature you control that shares a creature type with it. If you do, discard a card. Actually, maybe ask. Yes, this is so easy. Either, this I, is, I started yeah, A to sandbag it, but you this is it, very good in random. This decks, is a good right? top end for any tribal deck, right? Like, like if you have yes. two other, if you have like with each other, right? You draw a card for each other. So let's say you have two other creatures um, that are in your tribal deck. So they're they're sharing a creature type. You play this for six mana. You draw two, discard one. Then each time you're attacking, you're going to be drawing more cards as you keep playing more of your creatures. And that's like on the low end. Like it's six mana. Yeah, it's expensive, but like this is very good, right? Like. This is Man. the best yeah. card. Discounting commanders, like this is the best ninety-nine card from the entire set, I would say. And yeah. it's not even especially close. Like if this is a card that we'll see the most play overall, discounting stuff that shows up in the command zone out of this entire mm -hmm. set. I don't know why. If you're Ooh, in guys, blue and you're a go wide tribal deck, tribal why would deck? you never? <laughs> <laughs> because That's it, like it you guys is sound like every time. time we talk about a deck. Yes. Because it counts as it. It counts yeah. as it. It, it, it turns into illusion. It's illusion. We're playing tribal now. Go play phantasmal image, guys. Richard, <laughs> it enters the battlefield as a bird. It's literally a bird. It's also yeah, on the text. I'm all for this. I'm all uh, for this. I'm all yes. for this S. This card's great. Oh, do you put this in birds, Richard? No, it's too expensive. I can't play a six mana spell uh, in birds. Yeah, but, you know, if so, you had a mid-ragey deck, like, what would be a real tribal deck, like, that has yeah. actual support where you would put this in? Like, a blue based Merfolk, deck? Like, uh, deck? Merfolk. I Elves, like literally, or any tribal deck that's has blue in it, right? I would play in any. If you go wide, and, and you can make enough mana because six mana is a lot. Spirits, six mana is fine. Spirits, yeah, it's basically every blue tribe. Yeah, zombies, <laughs> like, listed, like every health, blue tribe. zombies. Yeah, yep. 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 I'm putting this in my Frogs. changing deck. This okay. is the only card that goes into my changing Ooh. deck. Nice. Your, your changing deck doesn't count. Like you put like almost anything in there, though. <laughs> what? Uh, okay. No, because I can't Saucy put almost everything. What, what if high... you have no tribe synergies? Okay. No. And you just play this. Is it no. good enough? No. No. So this is if you only have six, one six, creature type, it loots, right? Six mana, six loots. six loots, and then loots on attacks. If you yeah. have two creatures that randomly share a type, then it's draw one. But I mean, mm. it's six mana. If you don't have any tribal synergies, you could just play like consecrated sphinx and like draw yeah. ten or something. Like yeah. I think there's just better options if you're not. A deck that's built around one creature type, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, you could blue sun zenith and draw three. You still it's could, a, like, you still could six, play six, it. Right? Like, you still could, but I, I don't think I would normally. Okay, yeah. but not good enough for that. Um, but that's an S. Is that our first S? Uh, no, oh, we have the backup commander as an S. Yeah, Richard, Richard has taken over democracy. <laughs> what? We, we literally agree. That was I either agreed. a C or an S. Do you no. play in other? Do you play outside I this deck? And that's the definition of S here, right? In what other decks? I put it in like combo decks, and that's it. For yeah, I combo deck around that. Combo decks and 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 Morophon decks, right? No, man. it's fine. It's fine. Oh, wait, we gotta okay, move on. We, go. we gotta keep there going. We go. I fixed it for you. It should it's be good. this, right? If we could, yeah. if we could align these to the right, right? these speed, are the low. These fine. are not Teferi's protections. Well, maybe the, the Jara is right. Rookiel is right. not. It's not Teferi's uh, pro, but it's it's the closest we get from this set. Playable outside your deck. Yes. Okay. Uh, Descendants Fury, four mana, red enchantment. Whenever one or more creatures you control deals combat damage to a player, you may sacrifice one of them. If you do, reveal cards on the top of your library until you reveal a creature card that shares a creature type with a sacrificed creature. Put that card onto the battlefield and the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Conveniently enough, when you sacrifice things, they go to the graveyard and then you can encore them if you have your commander. You can also sacrifice <laughs> so the encore stuff. Wait, yeah. does yeah. It doesn't say Which token, makes this so. pretty I think that's the most interesting card from this deck. I, I hope for more of this general archetype or tribal support. And this one is actually very interesting in an interesting color as well for an effect like this. And it actually works pretty well with the commander. So I like this at a there. I don't know. It is fun. I, and you I think it's it, more fun strong. than good, I would say. Like... I think it's fun, but it, remember, it's pretty random. If you jam this in slivers and you have 45 slivers, your odds of, you really need to get value out of having stuff in the graveyard, like encoring, I guess. But like outside of those very narrow scenarios, like you could just be getting a random one one as likely as you're getting the first sliver or something. So I think the randomness of it makes it more of a fun card than a good card, unless you're just really, really, really valuing the sacrifice effect. If you can have things that trigger based off that, if you can reanimate things, then the card is kind of interesting, but like tribal decks that are also sacrifice slash reanimator decks, like that's kind of a narrow, a narrow group of decks. So I don't think you jam this in any tribal deck. It's not going to be good enough. But if you have those extra themes on top of it, then it's probably pretty good. I think it's also tokens. Like, um, you can't put it in Edgar Markov, but uh, for zombies, like I had a Thraxamundar zombie deck. I know Wilhelt is the, the hot thing. It's always the mirror. But if you do go Grixis zombies like I did, uh, zombies love making zombie tokens. I'll be more than happy to sacrifice any of my random zombie tokens to go get a real zombie. A random zombie, yeah. Card. And also, I'm putting it personally in my Perforos Dragons deck. It's a sneak attack deck. Um, and I could see the same thing with, like, I've seen Henzy Dragons as well, which is, like, you blitz out uh, a creature. Um, it's going to die anyway. Um, you still get to draw your card when you blitz it out. And then you go get a big fatty to put onto your battlefield as well, too. So I think it is more narrow. Like, you have to find the right tribal deck for it. But, like, it's really strong in the right deck. Yeah. I would agree with that. So, so it goes I guess. outside slivers, right? Oh, oh, boy. <laughs> you have to, right? This is the this is the nature of this tier list, right? Like, if it goes outside slivers, doesn't it have to go into this top tier? Just okay. maybe, maybe we need two tiers here, right? Formats. We need like, staple, but actually good. It, 
goes outside deck good. with mediocre. <laughs> By our definition, it does go outside of slivers, but it feels weird to have it next to like a legit banger like Titan the Lajara. Because <laughs> those cards and are and not le- anywhere near the le- same level. Oh, uh, this is like live on tier list never works. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's, why is Rakuramel there? I'm still... Okay, <laughs> so we're just going to do this, right? No, Every, everything is a C. In, in A, I think. <laughs> this isn't D tier, it's fine. All right. Next right? one. The tier list doesn't matter. It's just, it's just for this? the title. It does matter. <laughs> People look at it and they're like, oh, is this a good card, right? <laughs> I'd put both of them at A. Both of them are very interesting, but not super powerful. Okay. Sure. Okay, we, we're just Whatever. changing the tier list. Okay, okay here we go. Whatever. <laughs> we have one more card. Uh, one more card, let's get it. <laughs> the last one. For the Ancestors, three mana instant. Green. Choose a creature type. Look at the top six cards of your library. You may reveal any number of cards of the chosen type from them and put the revealed cards in your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Flashback four. Mm-hmm. Get out of here. All right, what do yeah, you guys think? Is it good? Yeah, <laughs> so no. you, uh, someone do the math. Hypergeometric me. I, I, I have it. I have it. I have it. Sample size uh, six number of successes is one. Right. Let's say let's uh, say we want to hit a number of successes. So we look at let's say we have thirty of the same creature type in the deck. That's yeah. like I think the standard for a, a tribal deck. You're seeing a sample size of six. You're looking at the top six in your ninety nine card uh, library. I know that you want to get a number of successes of two. That's going to be very good for us. The possibilities of having uh, two or more um, is 74%, no? Or am I reading it wrong? Wait, what are you... That's two or less. Oh, wait. Two or more is the bottom one. Yeah, 59%. So so what I see is, yeah, 80... So 30 creature types in the deck... You'll get one roughly 90% of the time, two roughly 60% of the time, three 25% of the time. So it's probably a draw two with flashback of four. At instant speed. I feel like this is fillery. Like the more creatures you play, like if you're if you're playing 45 creatures because you're slivers, then all of a sudden odds are in favor of like drawing three or more cards and it becomes a little more exciting. So I think it depends on like collected company. How many tribe members do you have? Even at its best, though, there's cards like Winding Way. There's several cards in Magic that are like, reveal the top whatever, put the creatures in your hand, uh, any creatures you reveal. So I feel like this is, it's fine. Like, uh, Lead the Stampede was another one that used to see playing Elf decks. Just reveal the top five, grab all the creatures. If you're playing cards like that, I think this is a better version of it. But this is also like, depending on exactly how many tribe members you have, like, it is also potentially cuttable. Yeah, it's kind of in this weird situation where you want to play tribe members to play this, but mm-hmm. then you play this, which is not. If it would be this a tribal instant, member. yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, have if synergy. it would be an, an instant tribal shapeshifter, I guess, then I'd say that's a neat card. But yeah, I don't play just random draw spells that can miss. So brutally. I like, that, if you, I like that you don't need to have a board set up for it, though. It's very. It's if you have like a thirty card, thirty tribal deck, then it's going to be a reliable draw one, two cards, and you have flashback on it. So it's nice to rebuild. Like if you have a board wipe, like if you're board wiped and you have like this, like I don't know, kindred discovery on your battlefield or whatever, and no creatures, or or your kindred discovery got uh, got blown up before you got any value in it. It's nice to have some reliable draw as well to help you rebuild. But yeah, I think generally speaking, it doesn't have synergy. 
With and, the rest of the deck? Is it awkward? And it doesn't dump into the graveyard, which is awkward. The best versions of these usually fill your graveyard with the cards that you miss on. So Yes. So it's okay. I, like it's okay. It's I don't cool. Yeah, it's it's yeah. It's it's like average like we're, we're in green, the 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 color of card draw, right? Like if you go wide, you play Toski effects. If you go tall, you play like the great Garrick effects that drop. Yeah, like off power, right? And then you have Great Hand, you have uh, Guardian Project, things like that. Like you have so much card draw in green that you don't need this kind of situational divination with flashback. Yeah, um, don't you want like a variety? Like I think there's a little bit of merit to have a variety of card draw effects too. Like yes, if you're in go wide, Tosk is going to be ten times better than this. But like, would you not you're... harmonize? I think the Silver Library, Great Hedge. Yeah, I would never Silver play Silver harmonize. Like these are the <laughs> ones that don't depend on a board state. Great Hedge right? requires power, so like if you're in go wide, you might not have the enough power for it to be good. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I would go Silver Library and harmonize. It's a good filler card, I think. There's also just a yeah. high cost to pay non-tribe members in your tribal decks, which is why, like, Titan of Lajar is so good. Like, it is one of your tribe members, and it's your card draw. If you're playing Slivers, you probably only have, like, 15 slots for Rass, Removal, like, all of it that isn't a tribe member. So it's it's hard to find room sometimes in those decks to fit a card like this, even though it's a yeah. fine card if you can find the room for it. So I, I will say, like... These cards that require density of tribe, so there's a lot of them, right? There's like the cards that are like look at the top card of your library. If it shares a, a creature type, like do something. Yeah. They're all traps usually. Like you, like to get them to work, you need to build such a high density of creatures, and it's simply not worth it, right? Like thirty creatures is actually pretty tough to play on tribe. Like ignoring like any additional creatures you have that for utility, right? So it's actually not that easy, and the payoff is not that great. Like the payoff here. Is like maybe you get three mana draw three if you're really lucky, but like it's three mana draw two, three mana draw one, and then you got to build this high density. So it's not good. Even if you had uh, our, our favorite card here, Rookamarole, <laughs> as your commander, like I still wouldn't play this, right? Uh, I would just go with the consistency or the higher power uh, because mm. green has a lot of higher powered card draw. And then they also have just more straight up, like just Sylvan Library, just much more consistent and gets gets the job done. Uh, without having to worry that, oh, you know, if I cut three slivers to add in, like, three artifact supporting spells, but they're not slivers, does my deck get worse because I played this and I got to fix this? You know, you got to keep doing that. Sliver so. library and, like, a tribal deck. I don't know about this. I think that card's a little bit overrated these days. That's like, how, like how is this any more on theme than a Sylvan library? Does this add a sliver? It's just generic card draw that, like, is worse than Sylvan Library that requires you to have a theme. But it doesn't actually say sliver. So it's thematic. It cares about creatures. creatures But they're not slivers. Like, changings are thematic. Like, I I don't know, like, why these cards get a pass, but, like, changings... Because you have to to say, I'm choosing slivers for my sliver deck, and then, ooh, I found slivers. What if I choose all card types and then just draw anything with Sylvan Library? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay here's All our right, final kind of list okay wait so okay we're just gonna put in b right yeah Ooh. sure b's probably c i think it's cuttable yeah yeah and yeah, that's the first fine well, if it's cuttable Let's then it's coming down here right yep you you can you can play c's in your deck just like they're ready to get out any minute now when you find a better <laughs> one it's like the it's like the the holding card right you're like oh when I finally get that card I'm looking for, <laughs> this one's going. If there was like a uh, draw go style green tribal deck, I'd be more interested because it's instant. But 
I don't think that exists. So <laughs> green, the color. Oh, Derevi <laughs> Flash Birds. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> it, well, if I'm in blue, I can draw. There's like literally the like the bigger card draw. That's like one for each creature, like like the Jaro. Oh like yeah. Three mana. Distant mana, melody right? or something. Distant melody. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay. All right. See. Slivers. So we got two cards. Actually, three cards can go outside the deck, and then the rest of them are big slivers, right? They're four manas, and then the two mm-hmm. mana slivers, insane. Grave Mother, you guys be the judge of where you want to put Grave Mother, but we think it's pretty low on the list of five-color legendary slivers. Uh, it is cheap. All the five-color, <laughs> like the Sliver Queen is insane, right? Uh, and then it does some shenanigans with Encore. Uh, so there we go, slivers. Uh, moving on. We have... Everyone's favorite, Planeswalkers. Uh, unfortunately, Krim is not here, our resident Super Friends player. Uh, so, we're going to start off I have with, a Chandra uh, Super Friends deck. Does that count? <laughs> Am I cool? It's close. You only have, is Am that I a cool? Super Friends? It's just Chandra. It literally, yeah. <laughs> We're the it's, friends. It's Chandra Super Friends. <laughs> I run every single Chandra and plus Karn and like... Uh, oh, 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 yeah, Karn. Okay, yeah, Karn. Ugin and Jaya and what's her called? The okay. one in mirror that everybody forgets about. I, I I will give you the Planeswalker uh, Super Friends badge. You, you, you unlock that <laughs> achievement, Tomer. I want the crown. Uh, I want the... Commander okay. is Commodore Guff. So one white, red, uh, blue. Oh, no, I read that in the wrong order. One blue, red, white. <laughs> so chess guy, four mana. It's a Planeswalker. Uh, it's, it's Guff. Five starting loyalty. At the beginning of your end step, put a loyalty counter on another target planeswalker you control. Plus one, create a 1-1 one, one red wizard creature token with tap, add red. Spend this mana only to cast a planeswalker spell. Minus three, you draw X cards and Commodore Guff deals X damage to each opponent, where X is a number of planeswalkers you control. And then Guff can be your commander. Where are we putting? B Mr. for Guff. me. A. Mr. Guff. I put him as A. I've never played a Planeswalker deck, and I don't. I feel like you just become the villain by default, which I am very scared of. And you can't really protect this. And this doesn't really protect. Well, he does kind of protect himself. Yeah, he makes. May it. I? May I, pitch, a, may I pitch to the audience a dork to block? Please, yes. yeah. May I pitch to the audience why I think the Guffster deserves his A? Yeah, <laughs> solid okay. A. All right, so what's, what's your pitch? As your command, so first of all, Guffster does everything you want for a Super Friends deck. He is a Planeswalker himself, so he benefits from all the Planeswalker synergies that you're going to be running in the card. Uh, he's both mana advantage when you need it because he adds uh, tokens that tap for mana. And you're in a three-color deck. It's only tapping for red, so it's not mana fixing, but that shouldn't be an issue in a three-color deck. If it was four-color, that would be an issue. but uh, Or five-color, it would be an issue, but three-color, I think that's fine. Uh, it's also a chump blocker or skull clampable or whatever like that too so he can protect your your uh commanders just not particularly very well and then also he also is card advantage when you need it so if you don't need mana he can draw you cards equal to the number of planeswalkers you control and he's also not proliferating he's not putting a, a counter on each of your planeswalkers but he's putting a counter on one of them so he's doing basically everything you want to do but the really nice thing that he does uh that i really like is he's four mana to do all this so it's very easy, and the deck is kind of geared towards being two mana. Uh, like, on the first two turns, you ramp. So you're going to put, like, an Arcane Signet, a Talisman, uh, 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 
whatever, uh, Guild Signet or whatever, or Sol Ring or Wayfarer's Bauble. You do one, two, ramp, and then turn three, you have the Guffster. You plus one him, and now on turn four, uh, well, you have a blocker for any early aggression, and then you can now ramp into like a six mana uh, commander on turn four, which is really, really nice. So I think he works really, really well in a Super Friends deck. He is a Planeswalker himself, and he does everything. He does mana advantage, card advantage, a little bit of locking, a little bit of loyalty, and he just naturally fits with ramp because he's going to be coming out turn three very consistently, and he ramps into your turn sixes and gets the ball rolling. That's why I think he deserves an A. So I'm a little more skeptical of this card because <laughs> it almost always needs at least one and often many other planeswalkers on the battlefield. The only ability on this card that works without another planeswalker is make a one one. And that's not even that good. Like it's a one one that can kind of defend it a little bit and it kind of makes mana, but it literally only works for casting planeswalkers, which even in super friends, you're going to have a lot of cards that aren't planeswalkers. So I feel like it's not bad. It's a decent super friends commander, but I'm just skeptical of the ability to keep many planeswalkers on the battlefield in a game of commander. Like guff is going to be insane if you have like four planeswalkers on the battlefield, but how often can you actually get the game to that state. So I think it's a good Jeskai Super Friends commander, but Planeswalkers just aren't very good in commander. And I don't think this changes it. Slivers is great, but when you have more than one sliver on the deck, therefore the deck doesn't work. Like if you are just playing a single Planeswalker in your deck, yes, it's hard to keep it alive. You're playing Super Friends. Your whole deck deck is built (laughs) around keeping your Planeswalkers alive. So I, I think you shouldn't have a problem with that, right? Like you may not have the three best Planeswalkers in your deck on the battlefield. People won't allow that, right? But can you have three Planeswalkers on the battlefield? I think that's definitely very doable and easy. Uh, so I disagree with Seth's assessment there. I agree what? with Homer, except for I his curve-out plan. This. The curve-out plan is weird. Because it, when you curve out, having a single blocker is not going to stop your like Planeswalkers from getting trashed, right? Like You need to set up the defense first. You got to play a bunch of blockers, some yeah. prison effects, and then you play, right? So you probably won't be curving out with your commander. Um, and then the, the dorks don't do a good job of blocking because, like Seth said, they only work for Planeswalkers. So if it was a mana rock, it usually wouldn't be an issue because you would tap them to cast your Planeswalkers, right? And then you would use your other mana to cast whatever other spell you want. But in this case, you're incentivized to main phase tap out your, your blockers. So it's slightly awkward there. Um, but I think anytime you cheat loyalty on planeswalkers it's absurdly strong right the whole point of super friends is to build up your planeswalkers ultimate and win the game so guff lets you do that guff also lets you draw cards and then makes like very terrible blockers but i wouldn't even count that plus one as like a real ability right like i'm really looking at the extra counter and then the draw card and like shock everyone right and then just remember every time crim plays super friends he gets Planeswalkers on the board. It's not like he does nothing all game, right? He gets them on the board. Uh, and then he can even lock up the game and win, but, uh, or you start chipping away at them. But, like, Super Friends decks can keep their Planeswalkers on. Otherwise, like, why would you play this deck? Like, literally every game, you can't have a single thing on the board. Like, no, right? Like, you have the protection needed to do this. Uh, in a random deck, yeah, your, your one Planeswalker is not going to survive because you don't have the right protection for it. But Super Friends, I think, can do it no problem. 
I'm skeptical of Planeswalkers legals here, Commander. We've seen quite a few of them, and they just never end up very playable or popular. The most popular is Aminatu, and that's like the 120th most popular Commander or something. I don't know. I guess I'm just naturally skeptical of Planeswalkers as my Commander, because I never... Whenever I have tried them, I have had bad times. Because I play them, they die, then they're a million mana, and I play it, and I'm like, oh, I draw a card, and then it dies, and I'm like, why am I, why am I not just playing a real Commander? <laughs> so I guess I'm just skeptical of the archetype, because I've just never been able to make it work myself. But maybe I'm underrating it because of that. I do think if you want to be Jeskai Super Friends, it's a really sweet Commander for that. So I guess that makes it an A. Like, I think it's good in in its deck and what it's trying to do. I just don't think its deck is, compared to Slivers or something, I don't think it's a super strong archetyping commander. I'd put it at B because there's a better Jeskai Super Friends commander in this yeah, deck. what's the better one? Uh, oh, in the deck. Oh, oh in, in the, the deck. deck. In the deck, yeah. I think the other oh, yeah, one is yeah, yeah. better. Okay. So, no. speaking... Okay, wait. wait, wait okay, so, Seth is like, C? <laughs> where, where do we end up with this? Where, I mean, B. you can put it in A. I'd probably put it at B, but I'm not going to fight about it being an A, honestly. Like, it's it's fine at A. I just don't... I don't think Super Friends well, is that I, strong overall. How do we compare yeah. it to the other Super Friends commanders, I guess? Like, like compared to it... Would you run? Attract, oh, my God. No, no. Never. Not in a million... You would never, ever, ever... If you're trying to be optimal and competitive, you would never even consider running this over. Atroxa puts a counter on all of your Planeswalkers every turn. This puts it on one, and it's a creature that you can protect more easily. It doesn't just die to attack. So, no, it's not even the same game. Like, one is... Yeah, I don't even know. Twiddly well, Winks, okay, another one is... Yeah. <laughs> only only reason why... Kav, well, first of all, this is... This has a little bit of like, I think Attract is way better, but you're in red, so you get to run all the cool red cards, and I think that's worth it. Because Jokel hops. Imagine, <laughs> imagine you play what? any creature, any planeswalker, <laughs> Jokel hops, you remove all uh, artifacts, creatures, and lanes, I believe those are the ones, and then you leave all your planeswalkers, and then whatever planeswalker yeah, you think... have that has a decent ultimate, you just win the game. I mean, doesn't you Light, have an, doesn't from light the have an infinite number of those too, though? Cataclysms, yeah. uh, Chromas, Vengeance. I think Cataclysm doesn't work, I don't think. Because you have to, like, choose... You have to choose uh, one of each permanent, and you can't choose Planeswalkers, so all your Planeswalkers have to die. You have uh, Humility, though. Okay. Humility is nice. All right. No. Well, <laughs> I don't want to play at the Super Friends table. Like a Jockalox. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, yeah. I think that's what. I think that's what you gotta do if you wanna wanna make them work. Yeah, right, you gotta. Okay, but break well, up the let's meanness. go to the other. Phil, you said you you like the other one okay. more. Let's look at it. Yes. The 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 backup commander <laughs> is Liori Spark Touched Hunter. Blue, red, white, legendary creature, elemental cat, three three, flying vigilance. Uh, when it deals combat to. When it deals combat damage to a player, choose a Planeswalker type. Until end of turn, whenever you activate an ability of a Planeswalker of that type, copy that ability. You may choose new targets for the copies. So what yeah, is I a think. Planeswalker type? Like Jace? So, like Chandra? Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah, Chandra. Chandra. Okay. So you Chandra. choose a name. A character so name. So you choose a name character. And yes. then all of those are powered up, right? So They're doubled. You get, yeah. you get doubled. Perfect for so, your Chandra list. <laughs> yeah, so that's yes. what I was going to say. Like, are you viewing this, Phil, as just like, I jam whatever random planeswalkers I want? Or are you viewing this as like, this is my Chandra tribal my commander, tribal. my Gideon tribal, like, choose a planeswalker and play all of one type and build around that? I mean, it's obviously best in this, but I just like the play pattern way more of playing this on turn three. Have a 3-3 three, three flying vigilance blocker thing that also helps your planeswalker that you can play on turn four. And it just way smoother on curve than saying 
I'm gonna play this on three after ramping with nothing on the board and plus a mediocre mana dog on the board that gets attacked down with the first attack and the other two attacks are going straight to my planeswalker and then I have to recast no him for way. six. So this no one way. seems way think, safer. Honestly, like if I was just gonna play generic super friends, I'd probably play guff over this but i also love like the specific planeswalker type thing like i've done a so many against odds decks that are like jace tribal gideon tribal people love that like play all the same planeswalker together in a deck and we've never really had a commander that supported that play pattern so i'm hyped for this to build like all the gideons in a deck all the jaces in a deck so i i really like this card a lot but if i'm just gonna play whatever the most powerful planeswalkers are i think i would choose guff personally you gotta give it to the Guffster. I don't think this. I I think plus you, that beard. This is, this is overvalued as a as a blocker for your commanders. Like it's a three three, but like if any three three fly, it, it you doesn't just block that many one things. Ones. Yeah, yes. yeah it's you're a pitching the one ones. Yeah, <laughs> okay, it's a chump blocker that I don't care about. Like sure. Leora, though, you're not gonna chump block with your Leora because it's like a big powerhouse for your thing you want to throw something else in front of it like a one one that you can create for free every single turn yeah you can know. do that twice with the four mana planeswalker you cast off this so i i just like this on turn three slash four as a blocker for the planeswalker you played hmm. you already got the value out of it turn four when you play the planeswalker i just like the play pattern a little bit more because i'm scared i never played as mentioned before i might just underestimate everything here but a feel like that's the better one i also like copying stuff or doing stuff twice so <coughs> that is probably, better, probably but nice. i think phil's Phil point of blocking better is a lot better so the problem mm-hmm. with planeswalkers is not like if someone wa- is gunning for it it's probably gonna die it's really like they have a mana dork they didn't use and then you don't have a blocker they send it at you right uh you know maybe it's a one like delighted halfling would kill your one one it would get eaten by the cat right so this thing stuffs like all those utility creatures from coming in and chipping away at your planeswalker but you know obviously if they have a galta like everything here is moot right (laughs) like you need explicit (laughs) removal for it otherwise you're gonna die so as a incidental blocker it's pretty decent but the the one planeswalker type is an issue unless you're playing literally like Gideon Tribal or Jace Tribal or something. Uh, Guff works with everyone. And uh, a lot of times you may not care about the abilities. You're just taking the ultimate. So this kind of doubles it up, but it doubles up the the activate, you know, the, the counterpart. Wait, G- um, Guff only works with one planeswalker as well. It only puts one counter on one planeswalker. Only put That's one counter, yeah. Almost the same as saying one planeswalker type and plusing it well the the ultimate right. just cares about and or the negative three like it sure. just cares about how many planeswalkers period you have yeah true yeah i i mean i i, I personally think... wouldn't switch command like if i was just literally playing this deck i wouldn't switch it like you know that sometimes no. wizards makes decks where you would actually just like switch the the commanders yeah. i think your deck gets weaker when you switch it um but yeah I like this so, a lot. Like, where do we end up with for, this though? Is it actually a good card still? Average? I think it's cuttable? really good for the Jace or Gideon or yeah. whatever. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I'm pulling. I'm I'm gonna yeah, bring yeah. Chandra out of retirement because I really didn't like having her mono red. Because the problem with Planeswalkers, and I know Seth knows this very well, 
is that uh, people will default attack your planeswalkers because why not, mm-hmm. right? It's it's good value, free value. Um, so it, in mono red, you don't have a lot of like ghostly prison effects and stuff. The way you stop your opponents from attacking them is by blowing up the board every single turn. Mm-hmm. So I was running like all the Chandra's that had wrath effects, all the mono red like earthquakes and stuff like that, and it wasn't really a fun play pattern because either I was doing my thing or my opponents ha- and my opponents had no creatures or my opponents had creatures and I had nothing. So having white and blue is actually really good. And then the payoff of Leora is just so much better than, than having my flip Chandra. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is actually oh. fun. And then I don't have Y'all to be miserable Y'all give me flack for changelings, it. but you're like, oh, I want to build a Chandra deck, but I need white and blue. <laughs> yeah, well, Isn't that just well, blasphemous? Like, <laughs> adding, like, because literally Planeswalkers are affiliated with their colors. So I'm like, what is a, like, a typically, like, monocolor? So, like, Jace? Is there like an Azorius Jace or like an Is it Jace or something? There's that a Flipwalker actually... Jace. There's there's a there's a lot of the, the Flipwalkers from Magic Origins, so each one has one of those. But they're no, not two colors. Color, like, there, there's no two colored like Jace or something that makes or Gideon. No, no, not that legal as your commander I guess Teferi, or something. Fairy would work here, right? Fairy's model blue and Teferi, uh Nahiri, Narset. Like there are so some that are red. split yeah. into various colors. Yeah. yeah, my Chandra deck works absolutely fine. It's just a miserable experience for my opponents. That's the only <laughs> yes. thing. I'm looking out for them. All right. <laughs> yeah, I, I appreciate that. <laughs> okay. Uh, speaking of Chandra, let's, let's go with the oh. uh, let's go with this Chandra here. Chandra oh. Legacy of Fire, five mana. Red, obviously. Uh, three, loyalty. At the beginning of your end step, Chandra deals X damage to each opponent where X is the number of planeswalkers you control. Plus one, add red for each planeswalker you control. Zero, remove a loyalty counter for uh, from each of any number of permanents you control. Exile that many cards from top of your library. You may play them this turn. S. S plus. Wait, you'd play this plus, outside plus. of Super Friends? You'd play this as a Oh, generic. no, never mind. I'm just really excited about Chandra. Oh, okay. It's, like, it's, so, mean, good. it's so good to play as Walkers. Oh, my God. It's a really ah. good, like, in your Chandra deck or any just a generic Super Friend deck, like, it gives you some damage. The ritual mode is going to make it, like, yes, it's five mana, but you can hopefully gain back. At least, you definitely gain back one of that mana right away. And if you have multiple Planeswalkers, you maybe gain back its entire mana cost right away. And it generates a bunch of card advantage. I think this is... One of the best, like, Super Friends Planeswalkers, right? Like, if you're playing a deck full of Planeswalkers, this is a Planeswalker that's literally designed to be good in that deck. So, I, I don't think you can be asked yes, because you're not going to jam this in just, like, no. a generic red deck because it really needs a bunch of Planeswalkers. But in Super Friends, I think this is one of the Planeswalkers you want to draw most, probably. It also adds a finisher to the deck. And let me tell you, the worst thing about a Super Friends deck that has no finisher is the fact that you have to be there for three hours, and this one actually puts a clock on it. Oh. More also, they yeah. all ultimate and end the game. <laughs> what? Well, yeah, but they're so they literally slow. have an in-clock finisher, right? And they all X- have to. They all do their own thing, you know. Like everybody's punching each other in the face. Life totals are going down. I feel like you should be attacking life totals to just like end the game more consistently. So if people are like ten or something, then Chandra, you put down Chandra and you protect it for like two turns, and they're dead. Like that's good. And what do we talk about in Commander? What is what is the most important things in Commander? Making mana, drawing cards. Making mana, drawing cards. Chandra does both of those. Its two abilities are literally make mana, draw cards. Like, how can how can you not like that in a Super Friends deck? I don't think it's, we it's have not any draw cards agreements though, here. Right? It's exile from the top, and the cost. No, of that now is we're commander's wibbling. <laughs> no, but it, it matters, right? Because if you exile like five loyalty counters to look at five and just cast one like one card off the top was that worth it 
right? Like, because mm. you're not drawing them and putting them in hand, right? They're gone afterwards. So yeah. you're only getting no, one true. card worth of value out, and you just like took five loyalty counters off your planeswalkers. That's kind of rough, right? So well, it's not I think as you just nice activate this for cards. like one or two. Like I think yeah, I think it's for one or yeah. two, and that's basically it. Like you're happy with that, like it should be fine. So it, it like changes your other planeswalkers into like a tick down, right? Like a minus one draw card, or you know, yeah. do the Chandra exile thing, right? Yeah, basically, yeah. I, I think it's okay. <laughs> it's five mana. It's really expensive, and it 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 I starts damaging people. Like it's like this weird incremental thing. This like the reason I don't play plus one plus one pump effects. Like it starts threatening people. When you may not ready be ready to threaten people, like you kind of like yeah. commander play pattern is like you do stuff and then you win the game in one turn, right? It's typically not incrementally deal damage and annoy everyone because you're not going to survive, right? Because the person at low life is going to be like, hey, I don't want you to untap and deal more damage to me, so I'm going to start killing you. So I kind of like my cards to kind of do a bursty thing, but. Super Friends inherently is not that. Yeah, unless Super you're Friends is yeah. grindy. Right? Yeah. And it's like, grind you, but <laughs> do you have enough damage? I think in Chandra decks, you probably have enough damage to actually grind people with damage like this. Like, if you stack up the Chandra emblems and and all that, it would be pretty good. But this so. also pairs well with Guff, the deals also damage. And then there's there's other Planeswalkers. Like, my favorite one is, like, Sarkon the Masterless that turns all your Planeswalkers into dragons, 4-4 four, four dragons of flying, and you smash them on, on that turn. Like, oh. Like, it, the, this deck actually has lots of ways to attack the life totals as opposed to just winning with big, big ultimates. So it does okay. all add up. So where, where do we land on Chandra? I'd put it in. One Lundra. of the best Planeswalkers in your deck. <laughs> It's a five drop. High, then but aren't all planeswalkers this expensive? High B, high B, low A, I would say probably like, I think it's very good in a Super Friends deck. The Guster ramps her out too. The, the, the Guster I, ramps everything. High B, high B, eh, high B, low A, whatever that amounts to. I'm good with that. Yeah. I just I just want to say how much I, I'm a big fan of Chandra. So. Yeah, and it's perfect Still for your Chandra deck. Where are you at? For sure. I'm just, if you want an A, great. If you want a B, great. All right, no one asked you, Tober. We know you like it at A. <laughs> uh, oh, I thought you oh yeah, uh, I'm at B, but uh, so I don't B. play Planeswalker. So we got B, we got A's. I, I give it an A, too. I think we're actually uh, on consensus here at A. I love her. Well, I mean, uh, Phil said B just now. So. <laughs> yeah, but he's like, hi. I'm, he's I don't care. Hi, B. Okay, sure. Uh, we, got, uh, we got Mr. Jace? Is this Jace? No. I'm trying to no. look at this like tiny art here. Oh, Vranos? Oh, no, it's, it's not. It's got to be Vranos. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. it's Vranos, Masked Inquisitor. My bad, Jace. He's five mana, so three blue, blue, five loyalty, uh, plus one, up to two target planeswalkers you control, phase out at the beginning of the next end step, minus two for each opponent, return up to one target, non-land permanent, that player controls to its owner's hand, minus seven, Target artifact you control becomes a 9-9 construct uh, artifact creature with vigilance, indestructible, and this creature can't be blocked. That's good. Better this than Chandra. Like, hey. This is like 2023 hey. protection. That plus you one phase is out. like... The, but you can't phase yeah. out yourself. You have to phase out two others. So so Ronos gets a, is still the chopping block. Yeah, but that the negative is like what's really so insane. Yeah. Like if you really want to be protecting your your planeswalkers, you bounce all the all the, the creatures that could potentially be attacking you, 
Uh, so you bounce one from each opponent. So you from get each to opponent, three yes. Things. Yeah. Yes. I or actually you phase out your most important. Like if you have an ultimate coming up, and you're like, I need this ultimate to win me the game. You phase out that that planeswalker, and then you're like yep. guaranteed to activate it. Basically. I mean, we've seen Kaido Suzuki be very good just because it phases itself out the turn after it comes into play. Uh, that plus one to me like really makes those care. I think the negative two is actually like kind of medium. The negative seven. I don't. If I got to seven loyalty, I don't think I would choose to activate it. I think I would rather keep using the plus one and negative two. But that wow. plus one is just so insane in a planeswalker deck. Uh, for the reason Tomer said, you can get something up to ultimate and guarantee that it's going to come back the next turn and be able to ultimate. So I, I think that's like so good for super friends. Like so incredible. You don't like that. This is your make a, nine, make a nine nine. nine. Vigilance. Yeah. Can't, it's a. It hits somebody for nine each turn. It almost it can't die almost because so it's slow. That that yeah. is I'm trying to, slow but it blocks your commanders. It blocks it, it, it's a vigilant. It, vigilance can't be blocked. Indestructible nine damage each turn. Yeah. I would yep. rather just ultimate my planeswalkers by protecting them with the plus one rather than cashing yeah. in my Varanos to like make a nine nine. I think Maybe, that's that's literally his ultimate, and it's pretty mediocre. Right? But I, I just like winning the game. I just I won't, if that doesn't win I, the game at all, right? But <laughs> it's a nine damage, nine, and there damage, there is a hundred and twenty life on the board for you to get through with that nine nine. Like that like is. This place, this Planeswalker deck deals damage. That's the point of the deck. <laughs> it still gets got by Exile Beast no, no, removal, no, no, too. No, no, no. Okay, Rodos is a very strong karma. That ultimate is very weak compared to Commander, you know, ultimates for Planeswalkers, right? Most ultimates will win Why you the ever? game or get you, like, really close to winning the game. This is a 9-9, right? So the, the real ability is that first ability, and that real ability <clears throat> is that first ability with your... Um, commander guff right because this is at the end of your uh, at the beginning of the next end step phase out mm -hmm. right so you can stack the guff you can stack this it's basically a doubling season combo kill right you're getting get four, the counter you're mm -hmm. getting three loyalty guaranteed on the commander this turn right because you get two this turn and then you get to untap and do one more uh, so that alone is worth everything and like yep. I would I would see an like that ultimate is like a meme, right? At nine loyalty, I would be plus oneing still. Meme. Right? I'm, I'm also loyalty, I mean. on that plan, right? Like the, you, all the other abilities are great too, but yeah. I don't know. You're under. I think you guys are underselling having a nine nine that can vigilance indestructible can't be blocked. That seems good. But I mean, it is decent, decent, right? But compared to other planeswalkers, where you have to go through the effort of protecting your planeswalker, plusing multiple times, and then ultimating, they actually win the game. This one like creates a serviceable creature. And then, you know, like, like, if you would you be like doubling season play Vranos? Like, no, nah, right? <laughs> that, that's not the line I'm looking for, right? Like, it's okay, it does things, right? But like, if I was going to do that, there are many other things I would be playing to to do that instant ultimate, right? Um, All right, but we're, we're still at an a, a. Best card in the deck. It's an A. Best, best card, card so far. Best so card we've talked about so friends? far. Yes. If you're in blue and you're in super friends, like that plus one is just one of the best abilities we've seen for a commander super friends deck ever, I think. Sure. All right, yeah. next up, Teo. Uh, three mana, three loyalty, white planeswalker. Uh, he's a geometric tactician. Uh, when he enters the battlefield, create a 0-4 wall creature token with defender and flying. Plus one, you and target opponent each draw a card. Minus two, choose left or right until your next turn. Each player may attack only the nearest opponent to the last chosen direction, and Planeswalker is controlled by that opponent. 
So that's basically choose left, right? Everyone attacks left, right, right? I would never plus this. Isn't this like the like a secret rendezvous on a planeswalker that you could play in any deck? Like three mana, you get a zero four blocker. No one's gonna kill this because they're gonna hope that you choose them to be the person to draw a card. And then you get a Frexian Arena and you give it to Krim whose mana screwed or whatever. Give him the extra card. Like we've seen Secret Rendezvous do some hard work. Like this is could so you good. play this outside of Super Friends as just like a value engine card draw piece? I would Seth, say this I'm is sorry, like the closest this it. is the closest Super <laughs> Friends that you could run. I agree with Seth wholeheartedly. And Richard, this is literally what? Secret Rendezvous. What are you doing? Okay, no, you guys are on? miss you, you guys are misunderstanding what Secret Rendezvous <laughs> does, right? It's a three mana yeah. draw three, which is the best rate in magic. And then the downside is it does the secret rendezvous part. Yeah. This would be a three mana drop one. And then you're giving a card to an opponent, right? Like that is not worth the effort you need to go through to get this done. So, you know, is this playable? I don't know. But so it's, it's not because of that plus one, right? It's got to be because of the minus two. Like you, well, you control combat and, and you're doing things. The minor, so the minus two. Did you play Phyrexian Arena that gave you an opponent a card each turn? Would you play that card? Well, so the purpose of Teo is to is this is not just a planeswalker. This is not planeswalker payoff. This is a planeswalker support your other planeswalkers card. Yes, it's three mana, so it's very cheap. It comes with a zero four flyer, so it actually like is a better blocker than Liori, for example, and it's expendable. The plus one ability is like, hey. Will you agree not to attack my planeswalkers this turn? And if they say no, you go tell the person, hey. And then that's how that's that's the point of that. Mm. But the negative two is Pramicon for a turn. And Pramicon's very good as a Super Friends just support card because if somebody has a very le- scary port site that can blow up all your creatures and somebody doesn't, you're just like, all right, we're going to attack in the direction where the person with the scary board site cannot attack me for a turn. So that kind of like helps set up, like if you're about to ultimate or whatever like that like you use that as a way to be like all right you literally cannot attack me this turn um and and it also has a blocker it comes with a blocker and it's just three mana like it comes down early and everything it's, it's very good it's very good. i like it's that better it's three, three mana blocking but... thing <laughs> right and it, it's also like not that annoying so people are not gonna gun for it to kill it too like there's a world where people are like Hit Teo or like draw Karvatoski. Everyone's like draw Karvatoski. They're not going to bother hitting your Teo. Yeah, right? and it comes uh, with a blocker at the very least too. Yeah, it makes it a little bit more annoying to hit him. So I, I'm on board with like very good. A is exceptionally I think in this deck. When I play it outside of Super Friends, I I don't know <laughs> how much do you value is that it? weird direction. It's clearly I, not I, for that I, plus I, one. <laughs> but, I, mean, so I like it, what. Would you put it in every Super Friends deck? I think so. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think it's yes, worth it in Super right? Friends. And I think out of everything we've seen, oh. like, so far, everything is pretty Super Friends exclusive. Maybe it's not actually good enough, but this has got to be the closest to having a chance outside of Super Friends, right? Just, like, a weird Frexine Arena, like, Secret Rendezvous thing? No. Like, I think I'd rather I, take Vrados and start bouncing three <laughs> things a turn. Playing <laughs> <laughs> this tail with, right, non, right. like, with no synergies whatsoever. Mm. But the wall. So, you can populate the wall. They'll never oh get God. through your defenses. <laughs> okay. I like so I would have uh, put this at C if it wasn't for two facts. So it is cheap and it creates a blocker, which in a Super Friend stacks, maybe it's already a B. I do like what Thomas said, that it is highly political. Like, it would be a Phyrexian Arena where you choose an opponent that draws, which is completely unplayable. Sorry for three mana. No. 
it is cool if you bribe people to not attack you. That's it's not a good bribe, right? Like not too good, but it is. It's just thing. Like if you're so winning, pl- like you're not gonna I bait play. it. And then if it's like a small attack, like you don't actually care that much. Like it's not I, I that bad. Feel it's an early drop. So it's a. I would just say it's literally a fog. In the sense that you choose a direction where you're not gonna get yeah. hurt, right? You have a blocker and then you fog, right? And you just change. <laughs> like, imagine you play Scary Planeswalker. You play this. You play Vronos. You play Guff. Like, you're getting a free ultimate, right? You have enough protection to just basically turbo fog your way uh, through to your ultimate. So it's just another so- piece to to keep everything alive. And just ignore that. That plus one is like add some loyalty. And sure, there's cases where you'll make it do some work. But like it's the it's the wall and the mm. fog, right? Not the like if it if it didn't have that second ability, I would not play this. Yeah. It was just like make a wall, secret rendezvous, and then some kind of like game winning ultimate. I think that's not good enough. But I mean, uh, those, that those are definitely, that's like a fog. That's like yeah. yeah I I think those are the concrete like no politics. I just have concrete way of stopping attacks. The first one though, I will say like. Barcelona, um, one of the one of the games in LobbyCon I played with Krim, he had party Jace. So three mana Jace, everybody draws a card or you just draw a card by yourself. And he just said, I'm playing party Jace. I'm going to tick up if everybody agrees not to attack my Planeswalkers for a turn. And the, for the first two turns, we said yes. And then Oof. when I said no, he was like, all right, I'm going to draw my cards myself. And by the way, damnation. So like, <laughs> uh, like. The fact that you have both, you could be like, oh, I can tick up and then I don't have to do any, I don't have to tick down. But if people say, no, 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 I'm going to attack your stuff, then you're like, okay, now I tick down. Next, next card is uh, this white one. Oh, hell yeah. Onake Oathkeeper. One in a white, two mana, zero four. Looking very Wally already. Creatures can't attack Planeswalkers you control unless their controller pays one for each creature you control or for each creature they control that's attacking a Planeswalker you control. And then six mana, exile it from your graveyard, return target Planeswalker from your graveyard to the battlefield. Insane. It's <laughs> fine. That's no. literally what, what you want from an early drop for so, Super Friends, right? You want yeah, protection? right. I mean, the only downside is it doesn't protect you. So uh, there will be a time when people are just like, well, I guess I just go at your face then. Like, player removal will get rid of all these Planeswalkers. But in the early game, I think it's good protection. And then eventually you're going to wrath the board and this can get a Planeswalker back later. So I I can't see not playing it in a Super Friends deck. But keep in mind, it doesn't protect your life total. So just just be aware of that fact that opponents can still go at you if they want to. It's also a 0-4 by itself. So it can also, like, if you play turn 2... Like, it could block most of the small little thingies, but also nobody's going to be paying the one early on anyway, so... And then you, yep. you cash it in for a real Planeswalker at the end. Like, that's great. Yeah. Six mana to reanimate a Planeswalker is not that bad. Ability. This card would be cracked without it. <laughs> real, like, I, I would... Don't, ooh. I don't know why. You just read oh. Really? I would never play this card without the second ability. I think you really yeah, need yeah. that card advantage built Seth, in. You like, were just literally complaining about how you can't keep your... Planeswalkers alive, <laughs> and yeah. you have like the perfect card to keep your Planeswalkers alive, and you're like, I'm not gonna play it. It just like draw cards. It's like a pay one ghostly prison that doesn't protect your face and dies to remove. Like I don't know. Like yeah. the protection is yeah. something, but I I don't know this. I don't think this guarantees my Planeswalkers live, but it ghostly. helps my Planeswalkers live, and then it really helps by reanimating one once they die. Ghostly Prison doesn't protect your Planeswalkers, and this is the first time of an effect like this says Planeswalker, and this is actually the reason, uh, the fact that cards like this didn't exist is why I would never think about playing 
a planeswalker deck. If there was more like this, and I can't sp spend the first three turns making sure I keep these things, I would play a planeswalker deck. So this is actually the best card I mean, for the we, archetype. We've looked at like every card in this deck. And it is <laughs> those cards involve keeping your planeswalkers <laughs> alive or accelerating their yeah. abilities, either giving you two abilities, adding extra loyalty, or preventing your cre uh, your opponents from killing your planeswalkers. Not a hard lock, right? There's no like literally you can't attack, right? But like yeah. enough tax annoyance that it's actually an obstacle. In the same way, ghostly prison doesn't prevent you from dying. It you know it gives enough of a roadblock to disincentivize value attacks. And you know if they want to actually kill you, they gotta they gotta pay a price. Um, but yeah, this is one of the best cards in the deck. I think every super deck would play. This. I mean, nope. like Archon of Absolution, Baird. There's a bunch of creatures that are like you can't attack Plus me or my four. planeswalkers unless you pay one. Yeah, those, those aren't animal, like though. staples or anything, it's right? They're like drop. okay, but no, but that's four minus yeah, the planeswalker. Uh, slot in the mana curve but two mana yeah. is something unless you play Ren and yeah. Six you don't do anything I guess a mana rock but I'd way rather play this and then follow it up with a three mana planeswalker bounce something draw a card and then four mana yeah that seems right, just right. like the best card for the octave it's, it's I mean, like I, Wall of Omens, right? Staple. It's like a, a zero four blocker and then except that card you draw goes onto the battlefield and is like ghostly prison <laughs> for, yeah. for your planeswalkers, True. right? <laughs> I also like I that it's an activated build is instant. So like you could wait until your end step, reanimate Ooh, something yeah. really big, and then or then yep. But then you can't activate it, right? Oh wait till your opponent's yeah, end step. Yeah, I yeah, see yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you I can mean, have a bigger turn. Wait, that literally yeah. makes no difference though. No, but you can have a bigger <laughs> because turn. Because during your turn you get it, you activate it. But I, I guess you could do Teferi and then you can get some activations in. <laughs> I was but thinking yeah. more like you could play, you could have this big uh, surprise planeswalker, and then you play your other, you have all your mana to do something huge, you know. Yeah. You could also do it on your main phase and then tick up immediately yeah. too. Yeah, I mean you save the mana. Yeah. Uh, okay, Guff rewrites history. Two in a red. Instant for each player, choose target non-enchantment, non-land permanent that player controls. Those permanents owners shuffle them into the libraries. Each player who controlled one of those permanents exiles cards from the top of their library until they exile a non-land card, puts the rest on the bottom of the library in a random order. Each player may cast the non-land card they exiled without paying its mana cost. That's this a D like for me. Chaos Warp? No. Well, it's, uh, it's Chaos Warp, Wait, except it doesn't do the good things Chaos Warp yeah. does. You can't whiff on it. You have to blow up your own stuff. You have oh, to they, target everyone. It's more of a so Chaos card, I think. Yeah. Chaos. And they're always going to hit. There's no, oh, it's something I can't play, like Chaos Warp. So I actually think uh, this okay. card is is pretty, like, it'd be fun in Chaos, or maybe there's some, like, Polymorph-style combo you can build into your deck, but mm. just for playing it as value, I would not play this card as, like, value removal. I think it's way too risky. Well, And I, I like Chaos Warp. I think this is a build oh, yeah, around. Like, hits. if I if I'm a token deck, I think this card is pretty solid. Like, imagine you cash in a treasure token, or, like, a clue token, or whatever, and you're gonna get a sweet permanent, and you're still gonna remove the best thing from your opponent's stuff. Like, they've still... Like, you're trading in you, their best thing for something... That isn't their best thing. It's kind of like the same idea of Tibble Trickery, right? Like, Tibble Trickery, they're always going to get something, but it's still a very good card because they're going to counter the best thing. So, 
that's not true because you have to choose a player. So if a player is literally has nothing, right? Yeah. <laughs> like they literally have one token. You you have to choose it, and they're, they're getting a card off. You can't like skip that player, right? They're gonna have something, and also they can hit like a counter. But then it's not like, their like, best thing. Garbage. Yeah. No, no, you know, you you can choose their best thing, right? But like, if they yeah, don't but, have the best thing, you're basically give you're basically doing the thing for them that you're doing for you, right? You're replacing a token with something off the top, right? So, but you just wouldn't cast it in that situation. Yeah, but what if you want to do it for your thing? Or like, what if there's one player with the thing you want to remove, but two other players with like dirtily things? Like, there's no like for each player choose up to or anything, right? You have yeah. to choose everyone at once. That's the, the timing could be the, awkward. The inflexible part of this, and it also like, replacing uh, chaos warp. That's for sure. I mean, and it also can spin into a is. mana rock or anything like that as well. Like, if you build around it and blow up your clue, like, there's a lot of mana rocks in your deck probably. So you might not be hitting your best thing either. You can't really control it. It's not like hit a card of the same type or something, like some other cards. So, I mean, it could be fun to play just as a chaos card, but I don't think it's super strong. It's also not a put it at So B. the point of chaos I... warp is you can, like, remove enchantments. Like, you're right. Yeah. You can't deal with this stuff normally. For some reason, this limits you. So you can't choose enchantments? Because they don't like Chaos Warp. They said it was a color break. So they're avoiding it in the future. That was the reason. Yeah. And only not only Black gets to blow up. Only Black gets to blow up enchantments these days. Because <laughs> anyone else has a color okay, break. Where, where what do we end with the, on this? Uh, Seth, where, where, where is this? I mean, I, I'm cutting this unless unless I have some like specific sure. combo that I can like make this work with. I'm cutting it from the precon for sure, or a super friends deck or whatever. I'd put it at D. Like I I I would put a basic land into my deck rather than this. I I just the the it's so bad. Can you imagine? It, the the floor is already like. I don't know if you ever resolve the new Atali, but if you guarantee a spell from the top it can go pretty gnarly <laughs> with yeah, it go wrong. Uh, uh, no way i ever cast this card outside of chaos week zero chance and i would i would play basic land over this nah. i'm at solid it c. Is fun i think if i'm in a deck that's uh tokens i'm Wait, going to c? consider it yeah because like okay. i think more more times i'm just gonna wait until each opponent has something that is good that they're probably going to randomly spin into something worse. And then I'm going to cast it, and I'm going to turn my token into something better than a token, and Wait, everybody so else is going to be downgraded. That's so I funny to me because Tomer is the one that will not play Chaos Warp because yeah, he's this, so this afraid that Chaos Warp will randomly hit something like even though it whips half no. the time. But this one that yeah, but, guarantees it won't whip is, is yeah, but better? On, on targeted removal week, did I, did I rate uh, Chaos Warp as a D? No, I put it as an S. It was one of the best options. I just said I won't run it. But you, you would, would run, run this. this. this I, actually, actually, yes. You shouldn't because, run this either, even if you like it, right? It's multiplayer. It's, it, 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 it also benefits me. your... your it also benefits yourself, and also I do run Chaos Warp now. I stopped. I I, oh. I wasn't running it, and now I do because it's funny. Maybe you can politic your way into it and be like, if you hit something good, will you promise not to cast this? I really want to upgrade my clue. Sure. <laughs> sure. Oh, this is this is like the most conditional. Con- like when you play Chaos Warp, it's already conditional in the sense that if there's nothing to remove, it's a dead card in your hand, right? But now, if there is something to remove... Not like all removal? <laughs> yes. I mean, they're all conditional, right? Yes, right? But now this is like, 
there's only one thing to remove. And then I risk playing like the, <laughs> the chaos game with two other people. I got to wait for them to have a higher value target. Essentially, the card on the battlefield on average needs to be more powerful than a card in their deck for you to win out on this exchange, right? So this is like super, super conditional. Yes. Like if it was up to, like for each yes. player, choose up to one, this would be yep. infinitely better, like so much better. But Whatever. this is like, let's spin the wheel for everyone and hope we don't die in this process, right? Like... So it's a pure chaos yeah. card rather than a if it was, chaos board, which is just funny. Removal. If it was up to, it would probably be at least a B for me and maybe an A. Yeah. Like yeah. then I think it would actually be really good if it was up to. But since you have to choose everyone, I I'm a I'm a C. Or if it was way less mana. Like if it was one mana and I can just play token into this while nobody else has permanence, oh. I guess. Maybe. Or, or free, because you kinda spend mana free. and then Everybody else gets something for free. If it was free. Yeah, I mean, the card is just yeah, sure. insane trash. If it actually generated mana. Free is not enough, right? Free is a card in your hand, right? So. It's still a card in your hand. And you, the if you don't play Ornithopter, it's free. Phyrexia onto the battlefield somehow. Sure. Okay. Uh, Gatewatch Beacon. Three mana white artifact. It ETBs with three loyalty counters on it. Uh, tap it to add white. Whenever a Planeswalker enters the battlefield under your control, if Gatewatch Beacon has loyalty counters on it, you may move a loyalty counter from Gatewatch Beacon onto that Planeswalker. Nice. So, we've mm. seen more and more of these three mana mana rocks that make one color of mana, but have an additional upside. I don't think this is the most powerful one that we've seen so far, but in a Super Friends deck, I'd probably still play it. I think for me, it's probably a high B, low A for Super Friends. I could see some Super Friends decks if I'm super high-powered and I have Mana Crypt, Ring, Mana Vault. Like, this might actually just be too slow for the most optimal high-powered Super Friends decks. But the power level we play in Commander Clash, like that speed, I think I would usually have this as a Mana Rock in my deck. Because the extra loyalty is a nice little, uh, nice little bonus ability. Especially with stuff like the Chandra we saw that wants to remove loyalty. This is a way you can kind of, like get around the fact that you have to remove loyalty from your planeswalkers for certain abilities so i like it in our power level yeah i like I, it too I, oh yeah go ahead also, i i like any reason to play a three mana rock because they have become very interesting with the latest design like crowded crypt and stuff and this one is the perfect one for a planeswalker deck especially if you have uh proliferate you can proliferate on this and keep the counters going so it's just perfect B for me for Planeswalkers. Not too strong, obviously, in the context of uh, context of a mana rock, but I like the design, and I would probably not cut it. And extra loyalty counters get very broken very quickly on Planeswalkers. So I like it a lot too, but I will downgrade it a little bit uh, with this particular commander because for Commodore Gruff, I know you guys disagree, but... For me, my game plan for, for the Guffster would be turn two, turn one or two, ramp, turn three, Guffster, and make a make a token or whatever. Uh, if, if there's a lot of creatures on board and that doesn't work, then I'll alter my strategy. But I, I think in most situations, if everybody's like taking their first, second turn to ramp, I can I can just carefully, like securely do that. And this does not enable that, which is a little bit annoying. So if my commander is four mana, then I value three mana rocks worse. Like if this was a five mana commander or a six mana commander, then I would value this much higher and that's the average. But in this particular situation, if the commander is like two, three, 
for uh, four mana, I value three mana rocks lower, if that makes sense. Um, I also like this with certain Planeswalkers that can immediately ultimate the turn they come onto the battlefield if they have one more loyalty counter. Uh, the one that popped to mind immediately was Nissa Vital Force. Uh, it has it starts with five loyalty, but its ultimate is six, and if you cash it in immediately, uh, it has an emblem whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, you may draw a card, and that card does see play in, like, Atraxa, for example. Um, so if you're running Planeswalkers to do that sort of stuff, I think it gets a lot better. But in this particular deck, if you have a four-mana commander, I think it's a little bit lower. That's all. But I still put it as a B. Like, I think it's on the cutting floor. It would be, like, a low B in this deck or C even. But in general, I think it's a solid B. Yeah, I think it's okay. It's, like, fine. It's it's a three-mana rock, which is kind of slow. But, like, you just don't want to play three-mana mana rocks versus the off-curvedness that Tover's saying. Like, I, I don't think you ever curve out like this, especially Super Friends. Like, this is the way you get killed first easily, right? You spend all your mana, you make a 1-1, one, one, and then people just, like, dump on you with random stuff like you really want to be like ramping and setting up all the defense and then you start playing your commander right so you got to play the two drop zero four you got to play teo you got to do some ramping and then you can start dumping these things right and then you play this three mana mana rock and it's just like weird proliferate like you know like pre-proliferate uh it's serviceable right but the the three mana ramp is just so slow though i I don't know, like this or like Worn Power Stone, even in Super Friends. I'm like, maybe I just play Worn Power Stone just to like power out the mana there so I can actually get to the things. Wait, weren't you guys going all gangbusters about Guff, like adding one loyalty counter to a Planeswalker with its static ability? Isn't this the same thing on a three mana rock? Like, but, yeah, but I you don't, don't know, need to play like three mana rock, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, 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 let's say Guff lost like an ability and then was a two drop. Would you play Guff? <laughs> like, doesn't Guff get a lot better, <laughs> right? So, <laughs> what if I just lose this proliferate thing and just become, you know, Arcane Signal? Mm-hmm. Did it get better? I don't know. I don't know. Right? I, think, like, I think in Super Friends, adding loyalty is pretty powerful. So, I, yes. I think I'm higher on that than, than maybe everyone else is. But obviously, you're not going to play it outside of Super Friends. And not in every Super Friends deck, which I think, guess it's a B then? Probably, by our definition. It's somewhere in the B range. It's not, like, super exciting, but it's not, like, bad. Yeah. I also think Super Friends are in a unique case where you actually do want to ramp them out early because they are like the opposite of the Richard style because they're not explosive. Like they're by definition, you need to be the more turns are on the battlefield, the better they become because they accrue more value. And also you have to kind of get them out before your opponents have like scary armies because then you have to find a board wipe instead. So I do think there's like merit to just like turn three, knock out a planeswalker or something. Because you're probably ahead of like creatures that can attack, and then turn four you can put your protection or whatever. But that's how I, I mean, view. If, if, you, if the board is empty, you can definitely try to curve out and yeah. then go see prison after. But yeah. that's like really rough. Like if everyone's doing greedy things, then you can do greedy things well, too. If everybody right? turns two signets or something, then you're fine. Well, no, because even if you guff and everyone just plays one creature each, you can't defend guff afterwards. It's like very difficult, right? Like it's easier to just wait for you to set up your defenses and then accrue value. Like, are you really going to four, five, six win the game? If you can, then sure, right? But if you can't, then you have a target on your back and, like, all the stupid 1-1s and 2-2s people are making are, like, coming for your Planeswalkers. Yeah, all, you're super friends. Like, you're always having a target on your back. That's the nature of the archetype. <laughs> all right. Uh, Jaya's Phoenix, 5-mana, 3-3, Flying Haste. Whenever Jaya's Phoenix deals combat damage to a player or a Planeswalker, copy the next loyalty oh. ability. 
You may activate this. Uh, you activate this turn. When you activate it, you may choose new targets for the copy. Whenever you cast a Planeswalker spell, you may return Jaya's Phoenix from your graveyard to the battlefield. Insane. So good. Such a, yeah. Really? So good. I mean, cool. It's five mana, though. I was yeah, kind of I was yeah. thinking I would kind of cut this one, honestly. What? <laughs> what? Well, you think about it like... Planeswalkers. Well, it doubles the value of a Planeswalker. Yes. And it, it so it only copies a loyalty ability, which sometimes yes. is like draw a card or something. Like it's not that it's bad, but like a single loyalty ability isn't like that ridiculous most I mean, of the time, unless you're ultimating, you're, right? You would copy a down tick probably, right? Like but you could also, if, if it's not a, if there's no good active, like if you don't really care as much to copy an ability, you just have it as a blocker, it's going to die. And then for, for zero mana, you, well, you just cast another, you cast another Painswalker spell, which is what Super Friends is all about. And then for free, you got to put it directly onto the battlefield again to do its thing again. Five mana is a lot, though. Yes. That's like the fairy hero dominaria. Some of the strongest planeswalkers are five mana. Are we really playing then, five mana three threes? But then it reanimates itself for zero. Yeah, the yeah. upfront cost for five is pretty rough. So I would maybe play like some something like Frantic trying to get Search in the graveyard or like yeah. looting or whatever. Yeah, yeah. like hmm. once if you can discard it, my god, it is just. Hmm. Free value and hey, I'm biased. Copying abilities that gets me. That sounds pretty good. There, there are okay, some genres like grade. discard your hand and wheel and stuff. I say A. I'd put it at A. It's, it's one of the strongest I, in your deck. Yeah. yeah. Over. I, I guess I'll come to B. There. I can come up to B. My initial instinct was it's too expensive and I would cut it, but. They've made some good points. I'll, I'll come up to B where it's like, okay, average filler. Like, I'm not going to cut it, but I, I don't know if I'm actually, I'm not nearly as excited as they are about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah maybe I'm I too optimistic. somewhere between B and C. Like, it does things, but it's also very expensive. And it's eating away at one of the slots where you're playing your Haymaker Planeswalkers. And then you're just doubling something. But, like, remember, you're paying five mana for the privilege of doubling. And you need to get a combat What if you can in? discard it very reliably? Yeah, you, what if you have, like, a deck that, like, discards... True. I mean, there's planes, like the Jace. red planeswalkers very typically discard, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess, I guess it gets better there. Yeah, so, like, B. Like, yeah. good. Okay. If but you're getting like, it in the great, if you're never paying the five, it does get better. I mean, the red planeswalkers, a lot of them loot, right? And this is a red card, so you can loot it, and then it's then it's valid, also, right? Also, a lot of the Chandra's X, I only get a play at this turn, so that's the risky yeah, part. Right. Are you you're well, going to feel like, priced into, like, I got to spend five <laughs> on this because I exiled it, and then you get sad. <laughs> I think there was, like, Chandra, there was, like, the Battle for Zendikar one that I remember, like, the Scars, and you draw that many plus one and stuff. Like, there's a couple okay, that are pretty. Or discard, card. if you discard, if it's a red card, it deals extra damage, you know, like, that sort of fun stuff. But anyway. Final card. Spark Shaper Visionary, two in a blue, three mana, zero, five, human wizard. At the beginning of combat on your turn, choose any number of target planeswalkers you control. Until end of turn, they become a three, three blue bird creature with flying hex proof. And whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player, scry one. So like Sarkin, but you're birds. And they're only three threes. <laughs> it's a, I, I put it as a C. Like, I love Sarkin. I really do. Uh... I like that it's a zero five, so it has a, a decent blocking stat, but it doesn't really disincentivize attack that much. And it should have been draw a card. Why? Why scry one? Scry one is so. Ugh. I wish it was. It stronger. would be ridiculous if it drew cards because that'd just be three mana. 
draw like your planeswalkers being tapped doesn't matter right yeah, it doesn't so matter. the fact that yeah, you attack with them is like irrelevant right so this is just like three mana deal a bunch of damage scry a bunch and then you um, have a zero five blocker and yes. wow, if it did more damage or something i don't know but you like sarkin this is just one off sarkin no i mean sarkin can make token like four four dragon tokens and it also hits for a lot harder, and it's a Planeswalker itself. Yeah, it is a Planeswalker. I mean, I think it depends on what your deck's trying to do. Like, I think okay. a lot of Super Friends decks aren't really trying to win by attacking with their Planeswalkers. That's kind of like a niche within Super Friends that you're like, Planeswalker beat down. If you're trying to do Planeswalker beat down, this card's great, because there's just not that many ways to turn your Planeswalkers into creatures. There's very few. On the other hand, in a typical super friends deck i don't know if i really care about even trying to like attack with my planeswalker so i would have it as like a low b high c somewhere in that range it's better in this precon because the precon actually tries to win with damage so yeah it does it does work with the, the goal of the deck but still it feels really bad like this is a great like finisher i guess and even then what, what, what if it's like an okay value? finisher what if it's a three mana zero five every turn scry Two scry, scry three, yeah. and then get and some chip damage. Is that well, this uh-huh. is just a three mana card? Like this is a zero five three mana card, right? Like you don't need to get that much Fine. value. So it's just the, you know, every turn scrying good enough. Mm. Probably uh, not. Nah, like, do you, you even with hexproof? Do you want to turn your planeswalkers into creatures? Aren't there still risks that you get like instant speed wrath, settle the wreckage, etherize? Like even. Isn't there some risk to just, like, willy-nilly being like, here's 20 mana worth of Planeswalkers. I'm going to scry two this turn. And your opponent's like, oh, okay, sweet. I'm glad you did that. Like, GG. Settle the wreckage. I mean, if your opponent is playing <laughs> white and has four mana, like, maybe <laughs> maybe you don't yeah. do it, right? But I think it's relatively low risk because anything that can remove this probably could remove your Planeswalker to begin with. I guess Swords to Plowish. No, it has Hexproof, right? Swords to Plowish, yeah, Hexproof. Yeah. Like if you're yeah, literally so. in the meta with with Aetherize and Sword and Subtle, then yeah, maybe it gets worse. I don't know. It's oh, it's fine. not indestructible. Okay, so it has Hexproof, yeah. but not indestructible. Yeah. So right. yeah, I mean, there is risk, but I don't Edicts. know. I mean, even if there was no risk, is it even worth it? I'm not even, I'm not even yeah. sure. Yeah, I, don't I think feel like it's I was literally like just like during your turn, scry one for each Planeswalker you you own or something. Is that? Yeah. I feel like I even know. if it had like one power, then it could kill one ones that are just like attacking into it to deal chip damage to my planeswalkers. <laughs> like some sort of deterrent as a blocker would have made. There's a lot, a lot of it, there's a lot of zero power creatures in this deck, aren't there? Out of the new cards, I just am realizing a lot of a lot they of want to make creatures. it less. They want to make the the planeswalker deck less oppressive. Because Planeswalker decks, when they're popping off, are very oh yeah very unfun to play against. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Which there we, we have it. Yeah. So no S's Actually, from this deck. No, I mean, everything was very... Super Everything's friends. very Super Friends. Yeah. <laughs> very Super Friends focused. Uh, but Teo! But Teo! But Teo. <laughs> you try Teo and tell me if I should... This is the new All right. Secret Rendezvous is too mainstream. We gotta go more jank and more obscure. Hipster. Teo. Hipster Rendezvous, <laughs> yeah. Outside make of Teo Super work. Friends, I'm not quite sure, but I'd see, I want to see it. I mean, that's that is, it is a cool card in general. Yeah. Like, there's cool a four mana three three that when it ETBs, you both draw cards at. That's right up your alley. Do you want to? <laughs> oh, no, it's a three mana three three. Sorry. I so will. Actually... I will show you once the cards release. I will play this. This and party, Jason. will all draw all the cards. It's going to be great. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but when you when you choose, remember, 
I like secret rendezvous choosing. <laughs> <laughs> Don't remember the fact that I poo pooed this card in, uh, in Nog's part as super friends list. Seth, remember, I was with you all the way, buddy. Wow, we're, we're, we're already doing the politics already, like three weeks ahead of the. Yeah, we got it. This one's yeah. one, one, good. This one's got to be free politics. Uh, okay, so that's our list. Let us know if you agree or disagree. Do you play super friends? Would you play the bird? Uh, would you play what are the contested ones? Oh, uh, Rickamarole. Would you play that over Morophon? I think that's a very Whoa. interesting question. That is uh, an interesting question. And how do you like Sliver Grave Mother compared to the other five mana legendary slivers? That's also another interesting question. Uh, so let us know in the comments, and then we'll see you all back here next week. See you, everyone. <laughs>